Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be an incredible night tonight. I'm really excited. I've been crazy busy all week long, so I have uh, really been looking forward to being able to just chill out and relax and have fun and and not worry about all the plates that I'm spinning. I don't know about you guys, but it's like I'm always spinning a million plates at the same time. I think I talked last week about um, getting ready to go on a trip uh, to Wyoming to dig up a blue forest in the middle of the desert. Um, that has been postponed till September, end of, end of this, end of August, end of August, I think. Um, so we're going to see how that goes, but uh, instead I'm going to be taking off here in a week and going up into a place called, um, I better not give out the, give out the exact location where I'm going, but I'm going to go gold panning, like back in the olden days when there were gold rushes and stuff like that, I get to go up into the mountains and, and play on an old gold mine claim, and, uh, you know, I, I share those things with you, my strange little oddities that I do, just because even though they have nothing to do with poetry, I always think that it's really important that if you're going to write about living, you have to be living to write about writing. It's, I mean, it's just you can't just sit there at a desk all the time and write about the way the world makes your heart go or how it catches your breath. You know how it, how it makes you race or stop. You know you can't write about those things with the emotion you want to convey if you have never actually felt them. So I think it's really important that even though we are writers and and you know we are very studious and sit there with our little spectacles on in front of pen and paper all day, <laughs> I think it's also important for us to go out and skin our knees and do strange things and push ourselves out of our comfort zones, not just in our craft, but in everything that we do in life. So uh, I have fun sharing that nerdier side of me with you guys. All right, so if you would like to call in and read tonight, uh, this is an open mic poetry call-in show where you can do your spoken word. If you would like to call in, you can dial the number. (laughs) I lost my page. You can dial the number uh, 646-59. Five three nine six five. That's six four six five nine five three nine six five. Alrighty, now I'll get you in the lineup so we can bring you on tonight. I do have some announcements before we get started. All right, we are going to be uh, doing some workshops. We actually have one coming up, uh, not next Thursday, but Thursday after that, I believe. We have some workshops coming up. If you're interested in putting together a workshop with us. Okay, you can 
probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is to send me a message on Facebook. And if you're not on my contacts list, you can uh, find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, Nyla dot Alicia. Send me a message. Let me know what you want to put together, and we can get that set up. You can pre-record these, so we can actually do a call-in show where it's like just you and I doing a show just like this where it's pre-recorded. Or you can pre-record it on your computer, do all the editing or whatever it is that you want, and just send me the MP3 file if you want to just do a solo workshop. We can get that put on. Uh, again, we can do them live together. If you want someone to talk with while you're doing it, I can come on with you. That's entirely up to you. Uh, you can do a combination of live or pre-recorded. So if you wanted to do the first half of the program with a recording and the second half of the uh, program, we come on live and talk with people and and uh, they can ask questions and discuss and all this good stuff. We can do both. So, and remember too, please, you do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these with us. I really, truly, honestly believe that we all have something to learn and we all have something to teach. And sometimes the oldest dog on the block, the biggest lesson that can be learned is from that young puppy. You know? I think that's even more important than the other way around. I would rather remember, be reminded of being a puppy when I'm a dog than have a the other way around. Well, I'm not even going to go. I even do not even know what I'm talking about, so we're just going to get back to what I was saying. Workshop. So, yeah, shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to put together. You can do it on your favorite poet, your favorite poem, your favorite genre, your er favorite era. Uh, whatever it is you want to put together, you can do an actual workshop where we do step-by-step -step mechanics, and at the end of the piece, uh, so we all have a, a written piece to show for it. Whatever you want to do. Just shoot me a message. Let me know. We'll get that set up. It'll be a lot of fun. The next thing I want to do is I want to thank all of our sponsors for this year. Every year we have a licensing fee that we have to pay. And this year we had a lot of people uh, jump on board and help sponsor that licensing fee. And I had a list of all of them. I've actually I sent an email over to where we did the, the, uh, the setup app for that and seeing if I can get the original original list because I lost the list and I can't access the site anymore to say everybody individually and that just kind of makes me sad. Um, I, I don't want to say part of them and not remember all of them. That would be rude. So I'd rather just say that I don't remember. And I'm trying to get that so that we can do that. Anyway, so I want to thank the sponsors who jumped on board last year and, and helped us sponsor the show, keeping us on every week with you guys so that we can do what we do. This is our 13th year on the air. It'll be 13 years in October, and I just want you all to know how proud I am of being a part of this with you and how proud I am of what you have created here. Pretty awesome, you guys. All right, so next. We always do, at the beginning of the show, we always do writing exercises and writing prompts and things like that. So if you're ever sitting there stuck and you can't think of something to write about, just jump over to one of our archive shows. In the first 15 minutes of the show, you will hear a uh, prompt and some things, and then you're off and running. So the first thing that I want to do is we're going to do your journal assignment. And all of you by now should have a journal that's paper like in a spiral notebook or an actual journal, I don't care, but actual physical paper and a nice pen that you absolutely love. 
because it's important to write with a pen that we that feels good in our hand. Um, you should all have a journal where you do stuff every week, and this is just random uh, whatever. You know, whatever goes in this journal, this isn't meant for popular consumption. It wasn't meant for public viewing. It's just uh, a place for you to have a relationship with your pen. Uh, but one of the things that I think is really important, I've really been pushing, is free writing. How important it is to free write. As a writer, I don't care where you're at in your writing career, there is absolutely nothing I believe more important than free writing, unless it is a twin of reading. Those are, those are the absolutely two most important things that you need to do as a writer is to read and write. <laughs> free writing. Free writing is much different than sitting down to write. Um, so I've really been pushing that and really trying to get you guys to do that. You know, I if there's any of you out there that are actually, if, if any of you listen to me and are actually doing <laughs> Doing the things that I tell you to do if you're just sitting there going, what's she in or shut up so I can read my poem? Um, (laughs) I would understand. It's okay. Um, But if you do this, if you've started doing the free writing and stuff, and and I would like you, after you've been doing it for three or four weeks, because it's going to take you that long for, you know, for it to really show itself. But if you've started doing this and it's changed or had an effect on you or a change I would love to hear from you and have you say, yes, I've started doing this, and this is what I've found different, because it will be different if you do this. Okay, did I stress the importance enough? So it, when I usually, and I mentioned this before, but usually when I talk to somebody about free writing, and free writing is you just put your pen to the paper and you write whatever's in your head. I don't care if it's a grocery list. I don't care if you're talking about the lady at the bus stop. I don't care if you're talking about that commercial you saw on TV or the fact that you just got a paper cut on your finger. Just writing. Absolutely just whatever's in your head, let it spill out. All right? And usually I like to tell people to do these first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up. So all the crap that's in your head spills out on paper, and you can face the day as a clean clean uh, sheet, clean, with a clean slate. You know, or, you know, if, you have a, if you're a problem sleeper, do this right before you go to bed at night. Let all the crap fall out of your head. And once it's out, once it's physically written down, it's like letting go, and then you actually will sleep better. So those are the two best times to do this. So basically just sit down, write whatever you want. But normally what I hear is I don't free write because I can't think of anything to write about. Okay. and Which is kind of ironic to me because free writing, you're just writing anything. So you don't have to have something to write about. But anyway, that is always the biggest excuse that I hear. So I'm taking that away. I'm taking that away from you. And uh, so so you don't even have that excuse anymore. I can't rewrite because I don't know what to write about. I'm giving you a primer, all right? It's a it's a kickstart to your pen. Just, just start off writing about uh, – I want you to start off – this week I want you to start off writing about the last time you threw change in a well or a fountain and made a wish. Because we've all done that, you know, or over a cliff or whatever it is. The last time you threw change into a well or a fountain and made a wish. Just start writing about that. And then just keep going and write for at least 15 minutes and or until you're done about anything and everything that follows. And like I said, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just important that your hand is moving on that paper. 
Right. So, yeah, the last time you threw change into a well or a fountain and made a wish, start with that and go, boom. Not right this second, though, because I'm still doing things talking. If you, uh, by the way, if you don't happen to get all these uh, this stuff written down, your assignments and prompts and things like that, you can always come back a half hour after the show ends and listen to the archive of the show and write them down then. So don't worry about, you know, if you don't catch it all, don't think that that excuses you from doing it because you don't have an excuse because you can come back to the archives and listen. Yes, that was me cracking my whip. All right. So the next thing that we're going to do is I'm going to give you an exercise, and this is going to be a really fun one. And it's a really fun one, at least I think it's a really fun one, because I am a research nerd. I love to get down to the marrow of things, read all this stuff. I, you know, I don't ever believe anything that I'm told. I read everything about it, and then I make up my own opinion. Um, and I think that we should all be that way. It's too often that we just, you know, agree. We hear one thing, we take that as gospel, and if another opinion comes up, it's an absolute lie. But, you know, the the original one was never ours in the first place. You know, had we heard the other one first, we would have been on the other side, right? So I'm really a big fan of researching things and digging into them and finding their, their bones and, and uh, you know, Seeing the way it ticks, I guess it's kind of like the same reason that I, I love winter. Winter is my favorite season because it's all the leaves are down. You can see everything. You can see the the skeleton branches. You can see through to the bird nest. You can see past it to the moss on the roof. You can see past it to the snow-capped mountains. You can just, you know, when it's when you're cloistered in that green, you can't. So, okay. Anyway. I don't even know what I was talking about exercising. We're going to do some exercises. <laughs> That's what we is. Let's get back on track. Let's get back on track here. I seriously don't know what I was going, where I was going with that. But it was kind of cool, huh? I was there. I was there looking out on that mountain. So any, anyway, we're going to do, we're going to do your writing exercise. Now, an exercise is important because those, now these aren't meant to be pretty. Okay, the, an exercise is where you stretch, where you sweat, where you've got your, you know, your little yoga pants on that say juicy on the butt. That, you know, when you're you're doing the uh, pulls and, 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 you know, all the things that you do, it's, it's where you make messy. All right, these aren't for people to see. These aren't for you to post onto uh, Facebook because you have to see how many likes and, and hearts you get and wows and all that good stuff. Um, they're really meant to push you out of your comfort zone. And that is so important because if you just sit around doing everything, doing the same thing, what you're comfortable doing, no one has ever become infamous because they were comfortable. Okay? There's nobody that we talk about today that did it comfortably. So think about that. So it's really important to challenge ourselves, never to be so full of ourselves or so egotistical to think that we are great in what we do. Because I don't know how I don't I don't I don't care how great we are, we're never as good as we could be. Because there's always that next star to reach for, the next one, the next one. Push ourselves, grow, think, fill your heads with 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 new thoughts and ideas, and explore. All right, so an exercise. Anyway, 
not making pretty, not things you're going to post for everyone to see. No one's going to see it but you. It's going to push you out of your comfort zone, make you look at things you in ways you haven't looked at them before, see things in the way you haven't seen them, maybe write about something you'd never even think about writing about, which is what we're going to do here. Now, one of the things I find is that so often we sit around in the dark, right? We're brooding, tortured, prying, prying in our brains, hoping that, Something will fall out, waiting for our muses to come find us and like gobsmack us upside the head so hard that we start writing, of uh, start writing in in uh, inhuman fury and, and inspiration and and thought throw up <laughs> that it leaves us reeling and spent when we're done, you know, <laughs> and we all sit and we wait and we sit and we sit and we adjust our coffee cups and we play with a paperclip and sit and sit. And when it doesn't happen, we get frustrated. And we think we have writer's block, which we do not. It does not exist. It's a lie. Stop saying it. Stop believing it. Stop giving it life. It is not, not, not real. Writer's block is not a thing. Hashtag no, it's not. So instead, and we're going to get into that another time because that's one of the, uh, that's a workshop that I do called Writer's block is an urban legend. So so instead of us sitting there in the dark, brooding like the typical poets, what if instead of being the muse's prey, we become the hunter? Instead of expecting our muses to jump through hoops and do stupid people tricks to amuse us and inspire us, how about we get off our fannies and go out and stir some up for ourselves. Yeah, really, take the bull by the horns, clear your own path, your muses aren't the boss of you, put on your big poet pants and take control of your writing time. (laughs) Stop sitting there and not writing. So if your muses are being a little stubborn, and sometimes they will because they want to remind you that you have big poet pants, I absolutely love that now. I want to make a bumper sticker that's, or T-shirt that says, I wear my big poet pants. Um, <laughs> so instead of, 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 of waiting for them, the key to writing is to write. So that sounds fine in the saying of it, but how do you actually do that? I can't. You just do it. All right. This exercise that I'm going to give you this week um, will help this. We'll, we'll give you something something to fight back with, you know, when you sit there and you think, okay, muse, and it's okay to ask. If you ask nicely and, you know, remember you have to have input in order to have output. You have to feed your muses if you expect them to stay interested in you. No one wants to be bored. So you have to have input in order to have output, you know, and you can sit there and you can wait for your muse and, and you know, if they're busy at the moment, don't expect them to drop everything just to come appease you. Just go make some of your own noise. So, what I'm going to be doing, and probably I'm going to do this for most of August, but it's writing to the power of research. So instead of instead of waiting for something to write about, go out and find something to write about. I guess that's the best way to put it. In your journal, you should have a page for random thoughts. And when I write in my journal, I always start this section in the back because when I write, I go through the journal and I just write and I turn the page and I write and I turn the page. But if I write something in there and I want to find it later, 
I'm going to have a heck of a time going through all those pages trying to find, I know I wrote it in here, I know I wrote it in here. So things I want to remember, I start at the back page and write forward, and then you know somewhere within the two shall meet, and that journal gets put away, and I pick up another one. So that's the way I do it, start in the back and, and write forward in the book. But you should have a page where you keep random thoughts, and it can be... Um, it can be something, you know, something odd. Uh, you see something curious or, or hear something random. Jot it down. And this will always give you something that you can look through for ideas that might, you might otherwise forget. You know, if you don't write them down, you're going to forget them because it's just a passing thought. So have that section where you just open up your journal real quick and say, huh, that's cool. So you can go back and look through that. And, the, and, and uh, you would be amazed what you'll find and remember and how that will impact you, okay? So that's the way that I do that in my journal. It's the way that it would probably be easiest because so, it's my way, and, you know, I don't know. I just do as I do, something like that. <laughs> okay, so anyway, all of this, this jabbering beforehand is going to make more sense here in a moment. Um, I happened on to a page when I was doing just random research one time and I happened onto a page that talked about crows and it was fascinating and I'm not going to get into all the te details because I want you to experience them uh, learn and process the information as you go um, and so I don't, I don't want to taint what you're going to uh, yeah I, I want you to just anyway go and I happened to open up a page about crows. And so that's what made me think about this. So <laughs> what I decided to do is this ex exercise this week on the power, or power of research, um, the topic is, the topic title for this week's exercise is A Crow's Perspective. A Crow's Perspective. So write that down, A Crow's Perspective. And what I want you to do is I want you to look up on Google and read all about crows, what's unique about them, what their behavior is like, what makes them special and different, and what's odd facts about them and things you didn't know. And, I mean, seriously, <laughs> you need to read about these birds. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to go into any more because I don't want to alter your perspective of what you find by my leading descriptions and stuff here. Okay, so just... Go on to Google, Google Crows, read everything you can find, watch the videos, do whatever you need to do, but learn about the bird. And then with this, with the idea of a crow's perspective, I want you to produce a finished poem. or It can be a prose or a story, it doesn't matter. Um, but I want it to be a start to finish. And it can be written in any direction you want to take it, but it must be based on the information you find in your research. So the things you learn, your your poem, story, prose, whatever it is, has to be about the nature of the crow somehow, something you learned, how it ties together with something else, whatever. But it has to be about the essence of, of the crow from a crow's perspective. All right, so there's...
there is your writing exercise for the week. That one you really may need to go back in the archives and, and, and follow. If you have questions, you can always email me. And you guys, please, I really hope you'll do this one because this is a lot of fun. And you're going to learn to embrace this. There, uh, one time someone uh, said something, and I wrote it down. It was eating worms. And so I Googled eating worms, and one of my favorite poems I have ever written was because of Googling eating worms and where it led to. No, it's not an erotic piece. Knock it off, you guys. All right, so the next thing I want to give you is uh, your writing prompt. Now, a prompt is designed to be like a seed. It's a seed planted, right? And its intention, when it grows up, it's going to be a poem. So this is actually meant to produce, sit down, make you write a poem. It can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in the poem. It can be the concept of the poem. All right. So the prompt for this week that you're going to be writing to, and actually I've, I'm going to be doing this for a while. I love sitting there and instead of having to think these all up myself, I have a world of inspirational people to help me. So this week I picked up um, a book, my absolutely one of my favorite, favorite books. If, there's three books I always take everywhere with me if I'm going to be longer than an hour. And this is one of the three. Uh, Humming the Blues is one, my thesaurus, and this book, A Night Without Armor. Uh, excuse me, A Night Without Armor, which is a book of poems by Jewels. Yeah, Jewel is the same, the singer. Mm -hmm, her, yeah, she is. It's like absolutely one of my gospel books. Uh, I relate very well to her perspective in writing and really love reading this. I could, I've probably read it a hundred times, seriously, cover to cover. Um, but it's great. So this prompt comes from a line from one of her poems. So I just open up to a random page. I'll have a book of poetry sitting there. And that's where I'm pulling your prompts from right now. So these are borrowed lines from some very inspiring people. I want you to know where that one came from. All right, so the prompt this week is, you ready? Drum roll. Wait a minute, drum roll. Okay. To occupy the empty rooms. To occupy the empty rooms. That is your prompt for a title, a line in the poem, concept of the poem. To occupy the empty rooms. All right. So that's it. That's that's all your homework that I have and, and stuff I have for you this week. Now, we are going to, we always start and end every episode with a audio track. So if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can email those to me at thespeakeasycafe from gmail, at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe, the, the, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put MP3, audio track, something like that in the subject line so that it stands out for me. We can get those uploaded to the show's library and played for the world. Dun, dun, dun. The piece that I picked out to start the show with tonight is Emily Eastman, and it's called Whispers. Hope you enjoy it. Here you go. I know you'll enjoy it. Sometimes when Mark isn't home, I drink coffee out of his special Batman mug. Sometimes, when he notices that it's moved in the drying rack, I wait until his back is turned and mouth, I am the knight to the cat. 
Sometimes I have secrets that aren't cute or sexy. Sometimes I have complete conversations with people in my head before I even say hello to them. Sometimes I exist outside the male gaze. Sometimes I feel like breathing is a hilariously and fantastically difficult way to stay alive. Sometimes I smoke cigarettes because I'm painfully aware of how fragile I am. Sometimes I have independent thoughts that pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> it's, it's not that I'm talking to myself. It's just that sometimes when I and me think, it isn't about a man. Sometimes I feel like I'm a vibrating collective of energy and sunflowers and slaughtered calves and past lives and probably the first spark ever. And if I don't smile just right at the party, then all of these things will burst out of the human illusion that I've created and everyone will be so surprised. Here's a joke. That should make me feel more connected. But actually, it doesn't. <laughs> Funny, right? Sometimes I feel like the world is shh, and I am only ever this loud. Like I can raise my voice as much as I want. Everyone is too busy at the party or in the world. I have nightmares sometimes about trying to scream and only empty breath comes out. Have you ever seen the look on a baby's face when they fall down for the first time? how the whole time they're traveling through the air. They're wearing this whimsical little half-smile, like, what magical new thing is this? I wonder what will happen. Then, that moment when they hit the ground, their eyes round orbs of disbelief, trying to puzzle it out, like, who knew that the world could be filled with this special torture? Is this pain? Is this what the world is? And it's then, as their mouths open in a silent, fleshy O of shock before the first vicious howl that I wake up. Sometimes I sit and count to five and wonder how many black and brown and queer and poor and different kids have died in those five moments or ever. How many more will die in the next five? And I want to wake up. I wonder about their mouths, if they were howling or silent how violence is both. A gagging hand clawing its way up my throat. I want to be filled with disbelief. Instead of this slow, oily dread, I want my eyes to be big and round. I want reality to shake instead of just me. I want alabaster tombs to crack open, monuments to topple, for us to crawl out, to live welcome inside our bodies. And that's when I remember why I'm breathing that we have so many parts and they are all resurrections fighting that sometimes when we open our mouths, every voice is screaming. You know, I, I talk about poets that I relate to and things like that, and she is definitely one of them. And this poem for me is absolutely... Um, I can't I can't tell you how important hearing that poem is to me. I wrote I I I believe that all women and and girls you're going to know what I'm talking about. But all women have this have this 
white noise fury that lives inside of them, right under the skin. And most of the time we're okay, but sometimes we really have to try hard to keep that hum inside of us down. You know, and I wrote a poem one time that talked about that, just that, that, that fury, white noise, chaos that lives under our skin. You know, and I wrote about that. And I've never met anyone who wrote about what that is. You know, who wrote about what the, uh, what that fury and white noise is than she has. And actually, let me see. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it because I want you to. If you have to go back in the archives and listen, I'm gonna read you a poem that I, I'm gonna read you the poem that I wrote. And what I'm talking about in this poem is what she just described. That thing inside women. All right. And so the piece that I wrote that makes me relate to that one, and I think that it's important. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I was told I had to do something in mine tonight because I didn't on the first, and I wasn't going to get away with it. And I've gotten some emails from you guys, and I heard you, and it's okay. So I'm just trying to work this in nicely. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's really important when you find somebody that you relate to, like I do her through this piece. You know, it's really important for you to. Take the time to really listen to them. Watch what they're writing. Read their posts. Uh, you know, see what they're producing, no matter who it is, because that's a voice that speaks to the voice inside you. And if you can get those conversations going with somebody whose writing touches you like that, then there's some real magic in that. Anyway, so this is what I wrote that she was describing. It's called Walking Softly. It goes... I walk in the world when I have to, when it calls me out. Other times, most of the time, I live behind my eyes, inside the quiet chaos of my smile. And when I see them, you know, them, I dare not open my mouth, fearing all my pretty ribbons will fly out and frighten the beige. Instead, I stand feral flames hidden, holding the alchemy of mystery under my tongue, inside my mouth filled with colors and secret and sage. I write for them. Still, I'm never quite sure if they ever truly understand the taste of silk. Okay, so I'm writing about holding that in, and she wrote about what the it is. So that's that's the reason that that piece really, really gets to me. So it's important. When you find someone that inspires you, let them. All right. Now, we're done with all that. <laughs> what comes next? Once again, if you would like to call in and read on the show, you can do so by dialing 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 540 is our first caller for the night. When we bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. That's really, really important. You want people to know who's reading as well as uh, have your name attached to your work. I can't. That, that's, just, that's an important thing to do. So say, hi, this is me. 
and I'll say, hi, you, and and you'll say, I have a poem, and I'm going to say, yay, and then it'll be all fun. Um, so <laughs> make sure you introduce yourself when you come on. Right now, you can do two poems. If the lines get too busy, we may have to change that back down to one poem. The only exception to that is if we are on a one-poem limit because of time constraints, if you bring your homework, you still get to read, too. So if it's something that I gave you from a prompt or a writing assignment or whatever it is, and you bring that back and say this was written to the prompt thingy, whatever it was you gave me, you can read, too. So that's an incentive to do your homework. Right now, though, you're good. You're good at reading, too. And like I said, I'll let you know if that needs to change. When you're done reading, please make sure that you give out your URL. That way people can come over and visit with you, get to know you and your work better before you come back here and read next week. And then, as always, in these same words <laughs> as the last 13 years, we have a mature rating. So you're bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore erotica adult porn poems, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you guys are probably pretty good to go. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the first three callers so that you kind of know where you are on the lineup and coming on. Our first caller, as I said before, was or is 540, followed by 731 and then 216. All right, so let's go ahead and grab 540. 540, are you with me? Hey, it's Phil Church down here in Virginia. <laughs> How are you, my love? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good. A little kind of mellow energy today. Uh, uh, it's cooled off considerably down here, so I. I was just gonna say that that crazy dew point heat wave should be over now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I put on some uh, recordings of dulcimer music and had it turned down low and uh, opened up my, my patio doors to let the, the nice breeze in, some fresh air, and um, just sat here this afternoon and was doing some editing. So um, kind of a mellow, <laughs> taking it easy kind of day. I love those kind of days. Oh, I do. Yeah, I'm having one. <laughs> Yeah, don't well, don't, don't harsh my mellow, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with my groove, babe. Oh, man, don't harsh my mellow, man. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that shit was legal there. It isn't. I love you, man. <laughs> no. It, 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 no, it isn't. Um, you know how many of my friends who smoke are so pissed off at me that I live somewhere where you have dis- come by pot at my store billboards alongside the hall, the highway. <laughs> I just can't, can't believe the concept of that. I remember the first time I saw one, I'm driving down the road, and I see it, and it's like, I cannot believe they have a billboard that says come by pot. <laughs> I'm so yeah. glad that I lived to see that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a good way to get thrown in jail if you did something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about all those people now who are in jail for pot that got sentenced to 10 years a year ago. Well, I'll tell you, if it nine were... years to go on for something that's legal now. <laughs> if it was legal here in Virginia with my uh, illness and everything, I, I might would actually look into that. I, they don't have do medical marijuana there? Yeah, I don't think so. So. Uh, wow, wow. 
Wow, that pisses me off because you know what? I am a huge advocate for medical marijuana. I can't go out and just smoke a pot and get high because I get all frisky. And I have three kids because of getting high. And so, you know, I kind of quit doing that. So I, I, don't, I don't smoke. But when I had carpal tunnel uh, surgery, I used the oil the pain oils. Um, I'm, and I've seen people who are on all kinds of drugs within six months go off all the drugs and the drugs they take because of side effects, because of drugs. I am really, I mean, it's almost, I am, come live with me. Ah. Uh, well, yeah, it's a, I think that uh, the oil that you're talking about, I think that is legal in Virginia, the C, CBD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is legal, but uh, that other stuff has But uh, what you hear in the background, I hate to say it, is my little cat. And she is in heat. And she is <laughs> loving everything. I can't, I, we can't hear her. I cannot hear her, so however loud she's being, it's all right because we can't hear her. But I know that I'm. I had to babysit my kids' cat one time, this freaking demon of a calico. She loved everybody, but she would stalk me. I, she would sit on the counter, and I would walk by, and she would throw, fly through the air like a freaking winged banshee, getting me. But she, so I was babysitting this one time for him. I hated this cat. And she, went, she was in heat, and it got so bad I had to put her under a la- I tipped over a laundry basket on top of her and put all these blankets and stuff around. I could probably get smothered the cat that way, but it was like I, it was just driving me crazy. It was insane. <laughs> and I felt bad hey, because uh, she seemed so miserable. I was like, someone please just come do my cat. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know what cats and Baptists have in common? Uh-uh. Uh, you know they raise all kinds of hell, but you can't never catch them at it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love I'm going to my poetry here. I am, uh, I found two pieces that were some of the first works that I ever did. And I was going for um, uh, country songs something that could be converted into a country song. And uh, I, no one has ever heard these. So this is a debut. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll give a little background on the first one here. I, I grew up here in Blacksburg, Virginia. As, well, I grew up but some teenage years in my early 20s. It's a college town. I used to uh, hustle uh uh, for beer, uh, I'd, I'd hustle at shooting pool <laughs> with college, <laughs> with the college uh, people here, and um, I be- became a little bit of a a pool sharp. So uh, I wrote this piece, and it's called Eight Ball Off the Rail." It's about playing pool, that type of deal. So, okay, here we go. While some like cars and acting cool, I lived in bars and was good at pool. I could come down on you just like a bad rain. You see, 
I'd lose on purpose till they thought they was able until the bets got big, and then I'd run the table. Yeah, many a poor boy's law would be my game. Now, one Saturday night, I was off like a rocket, calling all my shots in just the right pocket, when in walked a big old dude that I didn't know. He was long and lean, well over six feet, dressed mean with a face actually kind of sweet. He called the next game and said, you can call me. Angelo. I showed him the color of my money and told him my name. Chuck McEwen said, Big ball's my game. I was going to play this sucker for all he's got. So I lost a few games while the bets were meager. Then I went all in because he seemed real eager, and we played till I reckoned it was going to be his last shot. Though my wins seemed locked, he played the best yet. Now, his last shot was blocked, but he doubled the bet. I said, go ahead, knowing that I really couldn't pay. Angelo took the shot where I thought he would fail, but he perfectly sank the eight ball off the rail, and my mouth dropped open when I saw it was my losing day. When I patted it to his big hand, he didn't find it funny. I said, please understand, man, I ain't got the money, hoping he'd let it go with just a stern warning. Angelo said he'd let me out of the lurch if I went out tomorrow and got to a church, and that's where I better be the next morning. Now, a real gambling man won't welch on a bit, so I found the church, and in the last pew I sat, and then for the first time, I heard the gospel all in all. At last I was hearing what I needed to hear, that a sinner like me could be loved so dear, I practically ran up the aisle when they gave the altar call. Now, since that day, I've never been the same, and I've never seen Angelo since that game. And sometimes I wonder who he was and from where he came. Now, God uses angels just like tools. If we don't believe in them, we might be fools. You never know when one might beat you at your own game. End poem. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Do you have music written for it? No, I, I just I'd forgot all about these two pieces I'm doing tonight. I just dug this out. Well, when you get those put to video... Please post them on my page. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm serious. I love it when you do that. Oh, um, no problem. <laughs> okay. Um, What's the second one? This next one is called Fried, Dried, and Laid to the Side, and it's self-explanatory, so here we go. Now, live and love life like a recipe, you know. But love can be mixed up like a good gumbo. No matter the fixings or how hard I tried, I wound up fried, dried, and laid to the side. I tried redheads, brunettes, and the blondes. Of all shapes and sizes, I was really fond. Well, either I tried too hard or not enough. 
and appetite for romance is some crazy stuff. I take a girl out to dinner somewhere downtown, and then I make my move and get shot down. No matter what I tried, every night and every day, it seemed all of my dates ended up the same way. Even though a really good cooking is a southern tradition, no matter how good the meal, it didn't help my condition. Being a fool for romance was more than implied, and I wound up fried, dried, and laid to the side. Now, just like before, and now again, I couldn't find a lady to be my friend. And then one day I was eating at a greasy spoon. I met a lady chef who made my heart swoon. She looked as good as her cooking, and it was a treat when she came over to my table and took a seat. I told her all about my past and all the heartbreaking, how I was always cast aside like strips of burnt bacon. She said how she thought all of the others were rude and would put me on her menu as a really sweet dude. And so now we cook together in our own kitchen every day. She's become my favorite dish, and uh, I'm a real gourmet. In <laughs> I'm so glad that was the end because that made me giggle. <laughs> I would have been so rude right in the middle of your read. <laughs> oh, love at the Waffle House. <laughs> that needs to be the title of that piece, Love at the Waffle House. As soon as I heard Greasy Spoon, I was picturing grits with butter and salt and pepper and slice of American cheese. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> oh, I'm in love with that one, Philip. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shuffle on out here and get some of these fine folks that are waiting uh, a chance at the at the mic here. And uh, you can always find me on Facebook at Philip Church. And uh, if you want to check out my books, go on Amazon uh, and search for Philip Kent K E N T Church. Kent's my middle name. It's like Clark Kent. Uh, and uh, and I haven't had a match since Superman died. I, I don't know why I said that. But anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> y'all uh, y'all uh, uh, have a good week, and I'll uh, kick back here and listen for a little while, and uh, Lord willing, I'll be back with you next week. All right, my darling. Thank you so much. Absolutely great job tonight. All right. Thank you now. All right, honey. Okay, our next caller comes from area code 731. 731, you're on the air. Hi, this is Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. How are you? I am absolutely wonderful, my sweetheart. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing great. I'm actually printing off what I'm going to read right now. Isn't that fantastic? What timing what timing this is. Um, I I wrote something on one of your assignments. Uh, you left an assignment on the July the 20th. You posted a picture up, a picture on your Facebook page. It said to, said poetry prompt, write what it inspires. So that's what I did. I wrote what it inspired. You know, you know the picture you did? It's got 
the red haired girl. Yeah, by the door. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at that picture and I saw saw the red haired girl barefooted. I saw the door, saw a chair, saw a picture frame with no picture in it, and I saw a bird on the perch on the wall. That's what I saw. Those three. Did I miss anything important? Just everything, but you can go back and hear it in the archives. All right. I think that's it. I got them all. Anyway, <laughs> um, this poem I titled Ravenwood. Ravenwood. This girl was held captive, so someone must be blamed. She sat alone in a chair for nights on end and cried. Consider the probability that someone will be framed. She could always open a door from the inside had she tried. The one who knows the plan sits silently aloft to wonder as to whether this calamity was authentic or blood. With the captive girl gone, there is a single presence in the room, and the raven ain't saying, the truth be told, he is stuffed. A girl like this is born to ramble and destined to climb trees. How else can one explain her walking without shoes? Her dream is to fly. No power can bring her to her knees. The voice inside her head, what some might call a muse. Upon final investigation, what here do we find? An unnamed bird with no known legacy left alone. While the girl searches the forest for one more of his kind, and if and when she does, Raven, he gone. In poem. I love that piece. It was really tailored to you. I was going to tell you that there are so many places in there that I could relate to so personally. (laughs) Spy design, miss. That is an incredible piece of writing, my love. Thanks. I did that in my recliner on my cell phone in about 10 minutes. (laughs) It just came over me. Uh, It's phenomenal. I spent more than 10 minutes editing, of course. But that was fun. I enjoyed that. And and I brought I brought some people over to your post, and they they wrote poems too. And I was I, I was it. reading through those before the show. I actually had a page just so you know. I had a page with that pulled up just in case you called in. So while you really? were while you were reading, I flipped over to that page real quick and read along with you. Yeah, if you look at that, and then I posted it on my page. Just there's a lot of my spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of jump. It's like an old-fashioned poetry prompt that you did. It was fun. Everybody had a good time. Thank you, Nala, for <laughs> setting Thank the you, stage baby. for that. 
we, we had Tell everyone how to come visit you, hon. You can find me um, on Blogspot, www.miketodd.blogspot.com. Mike Todd is spelled M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D because, of course, it is. Yeah. There. All right. That's all I got. Awesome. Y'all have a fantastic evening. And time to move on to the next one. All right. Thank you so much, Michael, honey. Love you, sweetheart. Love you. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, you're on the air. 216? Yes, hello, Mama. Oh, first of all, I want to tell Philip Church that I would love to hear him read my favorite poem and my favorite folk song uh, one day because the piece he just did reminded me of it. It's called 16 Tons. It was done by Merle, and then it was done by Tennessee, Ernie Ford, and then it was done by the Platters. But that's one of my favorite poems. The song yeah, 16 song. Tons? Yeah. 16 Tons. And what do you get? Another day older and a deeper in debt. Say, Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I said, I owe my soul to the company oh. store. <laughs> I got one Are you surprised? Are you surprised, episode. Mama? No, I'm not because you know it's just a great piece. I, I mean, I've, I've been loving it since I was little, but I would love to hear it in Philip's voice. I mm-hmm. know he would uh, do it justice. So I'm shouting out Philip. I want to hear him do that poem. <laughs> one song. <laughs> okay, I'm sure he's still listening. And his was, and his was great. You know, um, I could see him getting in kind of tune, something like that, to go with that first one that he did. And um, this piece here is called... Wait a minute. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. okay. So Sorry. before the show, you sent me an email with another yes, hit saying, will you please, after 10 years, download my track and play it on the show? Because <laughs> I had right. the darndest time. I could never... You you would send me the link to your page that it was on, but your page did not allow downloads. So I could never download it off of that page. Yes, it's there. Yes, I can hear it, but I can't download it. And I tried one time. I set up a test show and played it like you suggested, and it sounded horrible. So finally, you know, being piracy what it is, I uh, found a way, I Googled it and found a way to pirate your audio off of your site so that I could have it in MP3 format and be able to play it on the show. So I'm going to play that track for you now, Mama. Whoa, okay. Just so you know that it's here and because we love you. And I have played it before, but I want you to hear it while you're on the show because I know you're very proud of this piece as well you should be. And it's one of my favorites. So is it okay if I play it real quick? Oh, wow. I'm elated. (laughs) Do I know how to love my mama or what? (laughs) Here we go, you guys. This piece is called uh, Ode to Nina Simone by Mama, Miss Vicky Aqua. And here you go. Ode to Nina Simone. 
Nina. Miss Simone, Miss Simone, you're our own. They loved you in France with a love like mine. African queen, far from home, you're our own. When you sing for women and such, you're more than too much. And when you sang, my skin is black, I was taken aback. When you say you ain't got no, I knew what you meant. Mr. Moan, my life, my life was touched. When you bellowed out, my name is Pete, my name is Pete, when you were so far ahead of your time that even when you died, died the rest, the rest, the rest, rest still behind. were still behind. Mr. Moan, Mr. Moan, Mr. Moan, you're our own. You touched my soul. Your music never old. When you tickle those keys, you touch something in me. With a bubble so bold, I just had to ask, why, how did the world miss you? But oh, no, not I. I hung on to your every word, to every word you sung. Even to this day, you can make me cry. But not for you, but not for you, but everyone, but everyone that missed you. Oh, Miss Simone, you were a delicious treat. Oh, how I still love you. Miss Simone, Miss Simone, you're our own. I felt your pain from the depths of Georgia to New York City. Oh, what a pity that they missed you. How you were treated was sickening. America's loss was Europe's gain. Being more open-minded, as your songs reminded, they caused you to drift away from home, the home of the slaves. How you were treated was a pity from Georgia to New York City. Since you've been gone, things have not been the same. Now they remember your name. And now they remember your name. Miss Simone, Miss Simone, you're our own.
beautiful, beautiful job on that piece, Mama. Thank you. You know what, Nyla, I can't even do the first part anymore. That Nina, I can't even do that anymore. It's been 10 <laughs> years. I can't even make that sound. I'm like, what? I lost part of my vocal cords here. The I only time I could possibly uh, make that sound is if I saw a spider. <laughs> then well, I think I, I could still do it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was so good to hear that played on the um, Speakeasy Cafe. I really, really, really appreciate it. And uh, I want to speak on you going gold dust digging. Um, I'm jealous. I got to come out there and see you. I'm serious. That is one of the things I want to do. I want to dig for rocks. I'm basically a geologist at heart. Yes, I am. You and I would be such and trouble together then. <laughs> so I just love that you still got the spirit and the energy to go and do that. So I'm, I'm just sending my spirit with you. And uh, till my <laughs> knees heal up and my arthritis goes away. I had a colonoscopy uh, today, early this morning, and I'm telling you, I did not order it. And I get on the table after I drink that crazy liquid that they make you drink all night and spend the night in the bathroom. And then I'm on the table, and the doctor says um, something. And I said, well, why? I said, well, what is this for? She said, uh, you ordered it. I said, I didn't order this. I'm thinking I'm getting something to find out. Find out about my um, acid reflux, and uh, she said, "Oh, that you're supposed to be getting it from the other end." <laughs> going down. I said, "Well, I never complained about nothing wrong with my butt." I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it has a lot more to do with just your butt, honey. <laughs> I know, but that was not the go for for the problem that I'm having. I'm having girls mm-hmm. like acid reflux. But you know what, they're not fun, and they have to be done, so at least yours is out of the way now. Oh, I was like, she said, well, you don't have to get it. I said, I didn't drink that stuff all night. You didn't drug me up. I'm laying up here on this gurney. I said, I am getting it done uh, Saturday or not. (laughs) I'm just picturing you sitting there saying, get in my asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Like on Star Wars, whatever that guy was. Look, I'm here. Get in there. Let's get this I'm done. I'm so upset. <laughs> I couldn't believe they were doing something. I, all the stuff that I need done, that was the one thing I didn't have any problems with. And then at the and then when they give me the um, the um, instructions on uh, what to do, at the the last one, the most important one was learn to take care of your colon. I looked at them. I say, excuse me, exactly what does this mean? (laughs) All right, so that's your homework. You have to write a poem now called Take Care of Your Colon. You have to. I asked her, I said, well, what what does that mean? I said, you just say take care of your colon. I mean, what, 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 I'd like you to tell me to brush my teeth more. I mean, what are you, what are you saying? Take it to a movie occasionally, buy it a drink. (laughs) So, (laughs) so. The nurse looked at me. She said, you know what? She said, I really don't know. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> like, well, you need to add some more stuff here, like eat kale, eat some cholera, uh, drink more wine. I said, say something, but just say, learn to take care of your colon. 
after a person just got off going through this extreme. Tie a little ribbon um, on it. Keep the wind out of its ears. <laughs> okay. Fun is over. I'm getting ready to get serious now. <clears throat> the name is Peace, and I am Ola Deji. They call me Mama Ola Deji. Uh, Gangster Granny, the all-around queen, so you'll know all my names and you know who wrote this. And the name of this piece is called A Penny for a Poet's Thought. And I had to add in a new verse because instead of these people getting better, they're getting worse. So the new verse will be the first stanza. And the rest of it is the um, original. Standing up for the kids who are standing up to sleep in overbearing heat. Clothes damp from their pee. God made nights separate from days. But with lights bright all night as well as all day, the children lose track of time, days and weeks. If asked the time, they get they may get beat. As the old adage goes, I wouldn't give you so much as the time of day. Certain cruelty constantly in harm's way. The coldest, meanest adults. Guarding the small, frail child, satanic rituals of sleep deprivation. You say a penny for my thoughts when I'm thinking. Why do you say I'm wrong when I tell you how I feel? You want to pay a penny for my thoughts worth more than gold? You protect the lady in her mink and turn the dogs on the people in the park while they sleep? The lady on the beach is asleep with one eye open, trying to rest for tomorrow's quest. You want to run her out with her shopping cart, but she's just too tired to run. No sleep, no food, no fun. So you stun her with your gun. She's been crying in the dark while resting in that park. She couldn't move as you commanded her to do. Evil tongues are silent and evil eyes are blinded. Hardened hearts have no compassion. Too blind to view adverse conditions. Too dumb to speak out on situations. It is only I who abhor the shame. Is it only I who abhor the shame? Are my eyes the only eyes? Is my voice the only voice? Is my heart the only one open? Is it only I who feel their pain? Another sleepless night in the city. This time it's a child. Child can't go to school in the morning. No telling what he's watching out for. I said, no telling. Yeah, no telling. But you say a penny for my thinking, for you to tell me that I'm wrong. Why do you tell me I'm wrong when I sing my poet song? I do not like the state of things. I display my stated outrage in my poems. Yes, I am outraged at this outrageous behavior that is displayed. Lives wrecked. Brutal shootings, lunacy going berserk and unchecked. Outraged, yes, I am. Now you want to know my thinking. Okay, I'm about to go all in in this poem. I'm about to drop some bombs on this nation of clones. So pay attention. I said I'm about to go all in. I'm about to serve it up, having us fighting all these wars, using our children while their own child is at home chilling, trying to take back our voting rights while killing black boys on sight. Stop the madness. Stop it now. Here is the rest of my spill stealing. I'm making demands for amends. Give us back our good seeds and stop stifling the willing. 
as poets speak up and out about what you do with our children. Stop telling us to close our mouths. I will never shut up. Evil tongues are silent and evil eyes are blinded. Hardened hearts have no compassion, too blind to view situations or adverse conditions. Too dumb, too numb to speak out and overcome. So why do you say I'm wrong when I when you want to know my thoughts? I got plenty social ills to expose, like the evil hiding in your goodwill, corrupt cover-ups to be abrupt. We need to pull the covers off those. There's plenty to expose. Okay, I'm calling out the list. So many. I have many more to bring to your attention, like the trafficking of our children, wars and vaccinations, tricking the masses, doctors malpractice, overriding prescriptions, altering our seeds, not to mention exploitation, starvation, deliberately perpetuating racism, providing guns and ammunition to the so-called opposition. My thoughts can go on and on, but you only offered me a penny for them, but my thoughts are worth trillions. What I utter keeps the drain of the brain uncluttered. I'm just a poet reporting to the gods what I'm seeing. I got to step on toes because the people need to know about this Babylon system, so here I go again. They are aiming for genocide, daily committing homicide, killing us now with pesticides. Monsanto, Halliburton, and the men behind the mask, they are the main two and are in cahoots. Culprits with code names like Roundup and Agent Orange. What are we supposed to do with the nincompoops? Just lie down and die? I won't be jumping through that hole in your hoop. Why? Are you keeping all the salami when the black bodies are also housing souls? Poor people also feel the sting of the cold. They are flesh and blood like you. So why do you hoard when you have plenty while our cupboards cupboards are empty? You say a penny for my thoughts when I'm thinking. Why do you say I'm wrong when I tell you how I feel? Too blind to view adverse conditions. America is thinking, is it only I who abhor the shame? Are my eyes the only eyes? Is my voice the only voice? Is, is it only I who feel the pain? Another sleepless night in the city. This time he's a child. Like I said, he can't go to school in the morning. But you say a penny for my thinking to tell you what, to tell me that I'm wrong. Lives are wrecked from brutal shootings. Lunacy gone berserk. All checkpoints are closed. If anything goes for the poor and the elderly and the disabled, remove your hand. I'm coming up to the surface with my speech. I must speak out, been held down too long. You've been drowning out my speech, but I'm coming up floating. I'm panting, gasping, but still speaking. Now you want to know my thinking? Okay, I'm about to go in. I'm about to drop some more bombs on this nation of crones, so pay attention. I'm going all in. I'll be fighting all these wars that you're using against our children. When they speak up and out about their feelings, stop telling us to close our mouths. I will never shut up.
My thoughts can go on and on. I got many social ills to expose, like the evil hiding in pockets and shoes. What I utter keeps the drain of your mind uncluttered. The masses suffer while you are hoarding. You are the one of the when when we were the ones that civilized the race, and you never restored us to our rightful place. Instead, you took our place. The latest cover-up will cause you to relax and breathe, thinking finally they're doing a good deed when indeed they're not. You want to send troops to pretend that you're looking for a villain who uses children as spoil to get oil while on Uganda's soil. Outraged? Yes, I am. Here's another swindle. There's nothing incidental. I'm going in raw. I'm about to get butt naked up in here. I'm warning you, I won't be polite about to bear my soul because listen carefully to what my soul is saying. Remember Katrina and Haiti, man-made catastrophe, population control. Thoughts you want to know? A penny for my thoughts? Well, here you go. God is neither sleep, deaf, nor blind, nor is he slow. God is still in charge. He did not step out nor take a break. He just put us poets at large. Many poets are called, but few sounds off. We will prepare the chosen till what's written becomes spoken. God is neither slow to react. He's neither deaf, blind, or is he dead. God is still in charge. He did not step out nor take a break. He just put us poets at large. In peace. <laughs> that was incredible. Poets at large. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like pack of the killer tomatoes. Right. I think I got it all in. Did I leave anything out? Mm-hmm. Did I leave anything out? Not that I can think of. <laughs> that was incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Sorry about it being so fun. It's over some of it because it's kind of long, but um, I got it. I just can't take what's going on here. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they when they see, you know, a child ask for the time of day, and then he gets like beat down because he's like, "Where are you going to a meeting?" You know, this this kind of stuff is just nothing but Gestapo, nothing but plain old. Old-fashioned Russian tactic. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Okay, I should have said it all in my poem. I think I did. So, um, on to the next. All right, Mama. Thank you so much, and uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got to hear your piece on the air because I love it. I really so you know. enjoyed that. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Love you, Mama. Okay. Enjoy yourself when you go to your hunt. And remember, I'm there with you. And if you find any stones that look like they're not even gold, but just something real pretty, send them to me. I like. All right. I, I like will regular. do that. I will, I will find you something shiny pretty for sure. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're welcome, Mama. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers so you kind of have a heads up on where you are. Actually, let's go ahead. We've got uh, 832 is our next caller, followed by 765 and then 910. I do want to let area code 75, 
seven know that you are not in the lineup. If you want to come on the air and read, press one, and I'll know that you want to be brought on. Otherwise, if you're here just listening and hanging out, appreciate it. You mean the world to us that you're here. We love you and enjoy the show and all that good stuff. If you change your mind at any time, you can press one, and that will put you in the lineup, and we can bring you on. All right, let's go ahead and grab our next caller, area code 832. 832, you're on the air. I am. What, what if I don't want to be? <laughs> <laughs> then you'll just have to sit what, there and be blue. What if I just say no? <laughs> what, what Nancy's say not no? here. She can't get mad if you at you if you say yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter who gets mad. I'm still going to throw throw both ass, ass cheeks in the air and just say, kiss it. <laughs> I don't care. <clears throat> but, You're going to uh, earn that poor um, name yeah, then, right? Yeah, you know, it's not so much that. It's just <laughs> a case of being being incorrect, being totally un-PC, and not giving a goddamn who really cares, you know, who really is concerned about that or not. It's, to me, PC is just another hyper of hypersensitivity, which in this case also means self-censorship, like you're supposed to be censoring yourself. Go fuck off and die in the corner somewhere. Excuse my language, but I'm just not with that crap. It just doesn't do anything for me. So, but um, I, on, a, on a much more uh, forthright note, um, and before I get into the to the piece that I have this evening, I'd have to just say something. Um, for my brothers and sisters out there in Hawaii who are out there on the line like they were in 2016 here and, you know, getting carted off and taken to jail and so forth because they refuse to allow the quote-unquote powers that be, which is actually an authoritative system, not actually power, but in any case, they're the ones who think they are and they want to put a tele... Uh, a, 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 uh, uh, telescope out there on uh, the, the the most sacred mountain that is on the Big Island, Mauna Kea, and that's just beyond belief to me in terms of you know just totally total desecration in the name of somebody else's view of science, and that's just stupid to me. I don't understand it. You know, I mean we've already had so much crap come down on our neck as Native people, Indigenous wherever you are, which is where whether it's on the lower 48 or whether it's out in the islands like out there in Hawaii, you know? So, you know, I just I had to say something in that. And I know that there's been some some folks, you know, from other islands. Uh, namely, uh, I know that uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, also known as The Rock, uh, i.e., you know, the wrestling fame and uh, movie fame. And he's gone out there showing support for the brothers and sisters out there. And he's Samoan, so you know. I mean, that's that's you know he's he understands that. And I'm sure that our my other Hawaiian brother, who's done movies and uh, TV shows, I uh, uh, can never freaking remember his name. Uh, he did the uh, the Red Road, and he also did the the latest remake of the Conan the Barbarian movie. And I know he's out there uh, showing support for that too. So I just had to say something. And um, then uh, this evening, this this work, I'm uh, this this came out of something that I saw in terms of one of the independent news uh, reels 
um, that come across my stream. And I have a hard time with with the, with one part of it just simply because I know that the young lady who uh, ran the, ran her the, the marathon race and and had this the names of 26 of our silenced sisters on her lips for every one for every mile, you know, has put herself out there. But I I I have a hard time with you know okay you know I'm going to say her name too because I because to me that just that 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 also makes her, makes her a target which I mean she probably already is in terms of you know people looking at her anyway but I refuse to be part of that in terms of you know adding adding my you know little little, little light you know flashlight to that to that whole that whole process so I just I simply name her in, in this piece as being my strong sister and this this work is called MMIW, which will explain itself throughout the work, uh, 26. And my name is Soldier Blue, by the way. I'm not even going to, yeah, I'm not trying to hide on any, under any kind of blanket or of any kind. Trailing names, failing voices, shadow sounds of echoes beyond the din, passions fades with late firelight, strong sister, fallen sisters, the fallen and fallen away, silenced, silent sisters, my sisters of red earth, a runner prepares for her race, choosing 26 names for a marathon of miles, the distances we have traveled as native people, death marks upon our long darkened walks of shadow, as natives to these lands, we know these kinds of sufferance well. Silenced sisters, oh, the fallen and the fallen away lay upon her breast, waiting for the day when they would be spoken. That 26 names were chosen and so only a beginning, nowhere near the sum of how many are among those to be counted as missing, murdered, indigenous women. A gender genocide, genocide speaks beyond any means of measure. Drago y Jonte, sacred older sisters dressed in red, Jude Motinga, Nombe, handprints red as fever, or a second wind from their breath. To my strong sisters, gutturals of recall, breath songs, new, recast, breaking dawn, gasoline. My sister speaks the names she found to carry, face paint upon her driven breath. The rush, the race of sacrifice, hands, clocks, dawn lights. The sun approaches, breaking upon us all, upon the fallen and the fallen away. M-M-I-W, missing, murdered, indigenous women, my silenced sisters, strong sister who ran her marathon with us still, still walking strong, a voice for our many we cannot now see. We look beyond baselines, black skies, shining eyes, drag lines, vacant faces, drug scorched promises, shallow words to tombstone accolades for a gender genocide my sisters fallen and falling 
away, Red Earth. Stop killing my sisters! They don't need to die! Say, Pavoske Ibachi, Death Reaper, hands dipped in our clay, summoned from the cloying mist, offering my sisters that final kiss, my strong sister grasping, gasping, endorphins kicking in, the race run, a page turns, and we begin again. Chashkiba. Back at that beginning place again. Collected names, national level, 6,000 missing, murdered indigenous women, 2016. Only 116 entered as missing to the data bank. M-M-I-W. Missing, murdered indigenous women, a mantra of pain. My silent sisters, the fallen and fallen away, we grieve, we bleed for you. Blood calls to blood. We shall seek you, sing for you to rest in peace or be found. For the missing, we will call your names for the murdered. We shall pray and sing as we remember your faces in say. All recalled profiles, sharp facial profiles, sharp. None so long ago as to not be in our hearts. The fallen and the fallen away, indigenous women, my silent sisters. We pray for you in ceremony day by day, watching the skin of our sacrifice fall from us as it would after a fever. It is a mantra we will repeat again and again. Missing, murdered, indigenous women, my Silent sisters, the fallen and the fallen away. And peace. That was amazing. You almost had me in tears, Soldier Blue. <laughs> yeah. it, it was so... I mean, you could you could feel your emotion in every single word that you said. It was incredible. It was incredible. There's nobody that heard that that is not moved in some way. No, thank you. I told you some more was coming. Mm-hmm. And this is just uh, kind of an overview. And I will break it down into yeah, some instances. I I don't know how much I like to do that part, though, just simply because I know a lot of Native people, Native nations, uh, when someone has passed, they don't speak their name out of respect for the dead. Um, 
So if I can find some that are, well, I mean, if, yes, I mean, if I, I mean, when I when I when I can ascertain to a certain degree that the the, the names that I'm looking at or the the cases that I'm looking at are people who are or women who are still missing rather than confirmed. I will write some on that, but I, I I will be more a little bit more vague on the ones that are ascertained as having passed on because, again, like I say, out of respect for the dead, we don't speak their names. Although I can put them in there in terms of imagery, and if you know if their if their surname allows for that, I do that sometimes. But I don't like to disturb their walk once they've passed on either. I understand completely. All right, my darling. Do you want to tell everyone how to come love on you? Sure. You can find me on Facebook under Oh, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Did you have a second one you wanted to read? I'm sorry. I didn't ask you. No, I know. I don't have anything right now. Um, All right, so if you want to, you can just hang on the line and listen for a while, and I can bring you back on a little bit and check. Okay. okay. I need to kind of, like, come back up. Okay. All right, middle. so I understand. Um, go ahead and tell everyone how to find you again. Okay, so you can find me on uh, Rafe Wild and uh, Sol- and the parentheses that says Soldier Blue on Facebook. And that's me. And awesome. I say right now I'm following along with the story of my uh, brothers and sisters out there in Hawaii. So, mm-hmm. Prayers up and tobacco down, people, if you can. We, they need all the support out there they can get. Perfect. All right, sweetheart, I was writing that down to take your call again. Okay, all right, we will talk right. to you in a little bit, sweetie. Great job. Okay, thank you. All right, hon. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code seven six five seven six five. You're on the air. Good evening, Isla. Good evening, sweetheart. How are you? I've seen better days. Seen better days. I buried a first cousin today, and uh, another cousin uh, tomorrow. Uh, so I'm pretty down, but I'll be back. It's Charles Hampton, by the way. <clears throat> I'm glad you're here, Charles. Uh, I brought a piece uh, in tribute to my fallen cousin. It's called uh, I'll See You Later. You've made your transition to the next world without me. How many know the real me? as you have gotten to know me. Not many know our childhood exploits, like us popping corn in a coffee can on an open fire, or how, to this day, I still wear a half-inch scar on my big toe from being chased by a bull when we climbed a barbed wire fence to get, a sweet pear tre- to get out of sweet pear tree. I remember Granny making me get in the same dirty bath water and the number 10 worst out after you blew chains of fart bubbles. My father and your father were brothers. As kids, we were brothers from a different mother. 
how dare you leave me with these memories without you to share them with. We were born only days apart, same month, even the same year. We are the last of a dying breed. I hadn't counted on you dying before me. Another piece of me gone into the world of no return until I, too, am in the world of the forgotten, where in a hundred years no one will ever remember me. Love of my people for me. Let them know as long as I draw breath, their memories live on in me. That is, until I, too, have become someone's memory. With an eternal love, it's just me, Charles E. In peace. I love the the very, very personal pieces of that relationship that you put into that piece. Because even though, I mean, even though it's something very, very personal between your relationship with him, because that was so clear, it drew drew our hearts deeper into the whole emotion that you were feeling when you wrote it. it just fantastic job, Charles. Well, I wasn't going to read this piece. I just wrote it this afternoon when they were laying in to rest. And uh, Mama O got, a, got to read it, and uh, she suggested that I come to your show and to uh, let other people hear it. You so know, here and, I am. In doing this, you know, it's it's one of the best ways. You know, I always, and people can call me weirdo, hippie girl, whatever they want to say, but, you know, your your body is organic and it cannot live forever. But I believe that the fingerprints between you and somebody, the part of them that belongs to just you, the way that they touched your life, I believe that never leaves. That spiritual part of someone's soul never leaves you. They're still there. You're going to turn around and hear the voice. You're going to turn around and laugh when you see something and picture yourselves together. And I think that in you reading that piece and hearing that, I think that you probably understand kind of what I'm getting at. You know, you're never going to not have them in your life. Those fingerprints don't go away. And it's hard. It's hard and it's going to suck because. You know, we're we're a tangible race. We want to touch. We want to feel. We want to put our arms around. You know, but you just have to trust your heart and know that the organic can't be here forever, but everything else can. You know, everything that was given to you is never going to be taken away. It's always going to walk there with you. So I'm glad that you shared that. I'm glad they asked you to come spend some time with us tonight and, and, you know, in, in this way have made him live on and be very real to us and immortalize them, you know, your love for him and, and what he meant to you and your guys. I mean, just, I'm really glad you shared that with me, us, all of us. I'm glad that I could. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right, my dear, do you want to read another one or do you want to tell me how to find you? <clears throat> you can find me at uh, Help Beautiful Souls of Poets Be Heard globally. Uh, Charles Hampton, uh, 
I'm all over that page. Thanks to Vicky Aqua. Uh, yes, I do have another piece. Um, one I wrote last week, actually. I need to pull it up. It's called Remembering When. <clears throat> I remember when I first laid eyes on you. You didn't care much for me because you had a mop had to mop up melted chocolate in the floor where I stood. Yet time allowed us to see butterflies fluttering about the playgrounds of our blinking lashes as we lay in fields of clovers being kissed by the sun's smile. The place where bees blessed you with her honey instead of the queen and, their, and her court. I remember flowers waiting for the days to bloom, waiting for days to bloom just to see the look upon your face. I remember when pink lemonade skies would dance about your spotted shoulders chuckling and snorting in merriment as Bob White's Fords calling out across forever, introducing themselves to you one by one. I remember when your long, slow kisses were doing things to me that only you were allowed to do as you arched your spine on the welcome mat. I remember <clears throat> all the moon rises upon which we met where concord blossoms bloom at cricket strum their serenade in blissful content. All the times that you waited for me in your spaghetti string sundress to come walking through the door from a hard day's work with nothing on under it. Oh, how I remember those were the nights that you screamed louder than the cicadas. Then we go walking about in startled <clears throat> light and scented flowers. Hand in hand, we did not want time to end, finding us souls half-naked, walking day into the light. I remember when I could look into the green pools of your eyes, seeing myself smile from within as we made promises with a love story ending of happily ever afters. As I then asked you to be my wife, you glowingly said, yes, 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 of course I will, as all four of your limbs wrapped around my soul. We, from that point on, lived on, love and la- love and laughter by the bold fools. I hungrily, hungrily consumed your submission until your last breath, but God w- again whispered into my ears, <clears throat> son, she was only alone to, to you for a little while. Had I known that, would I have still returned your smile, knowing that all the promises that we made to each other would be broken? I'd like to think so. As I sat listening to this cascading falls and cricket strum of I love you, I honestly love you. I honestly love you. Charles E. Hampton, in peace. Now you have a really a really good talent of of pipe piperishly taking us exactly where you want us to go. Your concrete images are so clearly painted. I think is probably the right word to say, the right way to put it. That that it's you can see it, you can see every word you write. Fantastic job, sweetheart. Thank you, ma'am. And we're going to hear from you more often, right? Uh, yes, ma'am. Until my last <laughs> breath. Right. 
I shall return. I love that answer. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Charles, do me a favor, sweetheart, please, and tell everyone how they can come over and visit with you. Uh, Charles Hampton, uh, Help Beautiful Souls of Poets Be Heard Globally. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Charles Hampton, and uh, I look forward to your visit. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, I'm glad you were here, and uh, I really do look forward to hearing more. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> You're welcome, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, hon. Good night. Good night. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 910. 910, you are on the air. Am I? You am. I am I. <laughs> that sounds like God shit. It what? That sounds like God. That sounds like God shit. How is that? I mean, really, yeah, it's just like complacent, just like uh, that stroll between words, like, am I, you are, am I, you are, you know? Only Abraham and his fucking dead kid did, like, you know, it's burning about, them up. Um, what about, um, how does it go? No, I'm not, but you are. <laughs> you got me <laughs> that well, work? girl. <laughs> that one does work because it's fucking he was trolling even past that. You know, it's like you know, you know what I love about words? It's like they're contagious. You can actually bend a word into meaning something that that it doesn't mean. That's why it's poetry. And, and so you say something like, ah, get, let me give you some bullshit right now, okay? Here we go. I found it on the corner and I rescued you. And we were in a circle, and I had to let you go. That's fucking poetry. You know, and nobody knows whose fucking mind controls the nth degree of poetry. Nobody knows. Even the poet doesn't know how that goes. They just, they grasp at it. They, they, they're like, you know, yeah, I, I think I'll stretch this one out, but, but when they when it's said and done, they're like, when it's really, when it's really like, like proper, they're like, did I just break? I had a girl, I, well, I had a comment, okay, and she said, she said, well, I hate to say that because I don't put fine, but she said, did you really write this? I'm like, fuck yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, absolutely, you know. Don't you love it when you write something and it makes someone do a double take, like, did they really do this? I don't know if I love it. I think sometimes I, I think sometimes it makes me measure myself and uh, equate myself with uh, reality, you know, like, you ain't special, you know. Um, you just I, lo- gotta- I love that feeling. And unless, I love that feeling unless... It's like my kids find one of my erotica pieces, and they're looking at me like, you wrote this? That's not a good thing. Yeah, you, you got a moment. bunch of erotica, you know? No, I don't. I but probably, that's all good out of for you. every poem I've ever written, I've probably got ten, 10, maybe 10, and that's pushing it, that are actual erotica. But that's all people ever remember. 
Well, you know, so, so it is pretty I, memorable. I, yeah, and I I get you on that because I've read some of your erotica, um, but to me it's like a it's like simple fact, you know. It's like you know, um, it's just what's needed to be said enough to be said to where you know don't go beat off and masturbate in the bedroom, you know, <laughs> but just read the fucking poem, you know. But you know what's but, really funny about every piece of erotica I've ever written? None of them, Glenn, are actually erotica. None of them are erotic poem. All of them. No, and I are agree a, with you. I've about never, something. I've never, I've never suspiciated yourself, uh, your writings as what I would call true erotica. You know where, you know, um, like where, where it gets. Dirty, you know. I don't like dirty mm-hmm. poems, you know. I, I no. Let me rephrase that. I don't have an. You do adaptive. write dirty poems. <laughs> I don't have an adaptive towards dirty poems, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I might go off the plate. I might go off the off the flag and do some of that, but you know, it's not because I wanted to be, um, you know. If I was arrested for misdemeanors, I'd be in jail for the rest of my life, you know. Um, but, you know, and there you are with your stuff, you know. I think all poets are contributing their own work and their own style and their own message. And and uh, and if you haven't been around the world, and I say that with a, a presence of, like, that doesn't mean you have to travel. It means you have to go inside, you know. If you haven't been around the world in your own self, then you're really not writing poetry. You're just like, you know, uh, I think you're you're just doing what you're, you're succumbing, you know. And, um, and you can read that. You can read where people aren't really real, you know. And that's why this, this girl asked me, did you write this? And I'm like, no, I took it for a blank point. Seriously, I was like, you know, I didn't get offended. I didn't say no or yes. I just said absolutely, you know. But uh, but that's, I think that's what guarantees a poet as a poet. And, um, and we're just going to live it, you know. And maybe it'll save the world, maybe, but I likely don't think so. I would like to think, you know, like, uh, you want to be in this business for fucking, I'll call it a business now, you know. We've been in this for fucking 12, 15 years, you know. But uh, I don't think anything is going to save us from from the reality of, Complicator of there's this hurt, you know. Poetry only does one thing: it relieves the fucking hurt, and it expels the hurt, and it incites the hurt. You know, there's there's many differentials. Yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible thing. It's a magnificent thing. Where you can bend words and just make them 
you know, meld. And when you think you got it, you don't really got it. What you got is really nothing. You know, you and I both know we've done spoken word and uh it still doesn't piece together what everybody wants because everybody's ideas and ideals are different, you know. The piece that I've got, that I, I will always stand on, doing nothing, you know. Uh, it's a fucking flagrant, just solitude, lip you off to the fucking establishment and... If people could realize that the only thing you have to do in this life is really, if you want to change shit up, just do nothing. Just sit back, watch those motherfuckers fumble, and just take a piece of the pie, you know. But we're just delirious. We're just fucking delirious. But anyways, how are you doing today? I'm doing really awesome. I'm having a great time tonight listening to everybody. Yeah, you've had a good night. <laughs> it's been a fun night, yeah. I think I got a whole bunch of friends that are coming to join me and going to be read. So I don't know what I, I mean, just for you folks out there that want to understand how I write, I write in like triplets. You know, three poems. And, uh, boom, boom, boom. And then three poems. Boom, boom, boom. And it might take, you know, it might be in a week's notice. It might be, it's just, you know, I do it in three. I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's just this manufacturism of uh, components that, you know. But when it comes down to it, I do it in three. And so usually that winds up on Thursday when I can go and exhibit myself on something of your accord, you know, and um, I get to piece my shit together. But I never really, honestly, ever piece myself together because nobody will ever read. This is the this is the construct of a poet. We're all dead. We're all dead and dying. Because nobody reads all the stuff we want or all the stuff we need them to read because they got other things to do, you know. So it's not like, um, I, you know, I don't even know what those days were, were worth back in, like, uh, you know, the, the, the descriptionary days of the fucking, you know, poets being hunted down by the church, shit like that. You realize mm-hmm. that? Poets used to be hunted down by the church, by the Catholic church, and burned at the stake for fucking, you know, for for stating wordology. That's a sad motherfucker, okay? But but it's also should be an example of the power of words. I mean, there even in, back in medieval days, like you're talking about, there's a reason when somebody went over to conquer a nation the first thing that they would take out is they would send in people to take out the bards. They would send people in to replace the bards. Because if you could control the word, that is the power of the spoken word. If you could control the word, how news got around, then you could control a nation. 
You could manipulate well, thoughts. Happening. You it, could plant seeds. Now. You could rally support for. You can turn something bad into something good just by the power of words. You know, so that should tell us as poets how important what we write is. Well, I mean, listen, when I say this, I don't mean to deliver any, you know, uh, delinquency towards Poetville when you mean a fuck, okay? Because you, when, when you get to that rhyme rhyme, okay, I was writing that shit in fucking second grade, okay? Purple is blue and blue is white, blah, blah, blah. But, and I was trying to fucking manufacture the semblance of what was realism, right? But, but this is another age. And just like you said, they're trying to take out the, the word from the spoken word. They're trying to, I, I think in the, in the middle of everything, there is consequence. And that middle is this. If you shut the fuck up, we'll leave you alone. And if you don't, we're just going to come fucking hunt you down and kill you, you know? And I, it, that's not something that hasn't happened before, you know? It's happened every generation, you know? Seven fucking generations of this shit, you know? And, um, and you know, being unpolitical, at this aspect, okay? I don't give a fuck about fake news, but there is fake news, okay? I'll give Donald Trump that, okay? But still, he's a fucking piece of shit, okay? I mean, in my mind, not in anybody else's mind, you know, they might like him or whatever, but in my mind, he's trying to establish his own word, and his own word is creeped off his fucking pedestal on the toilet in the morning at 4 or 5 o'clock, <laughs> you know, and Melania is going, Melania is going, you know, no, I'm to work. <laughs> and he's like, hold on, I got one more tweet to go. You know, this is fucking, this, this is, it's sagittary. I mean, it really is. It's, it's the own, it's, it's remarkable that how we can, conceive ourselves to put up with unproper I don't know, negligence. I would call it negligence at this point. But who the fuck am I? (laughs) I was trying to forget about you. We went too far. Sell the sun, burn the cinema. I'm still missing you. I've been trying to roll this one through. I keep telling myself I might be moving on. If we keep this up, the moon won't shine. The sky will dim out. The day will lose its awakening. I'll be there in North Carolina putting, putting words together. Every time I ask, have you seen her? She was just here. Then she disappeared. I might be delirious, a bit out of balance. If I can find you down on P Street, I might find a bit of peace all along. Should I catch you kissing 
on that someone other uh, should I catch you like should I catch you kissing on some other guy? I'll find a girl. We'll wrap this motion into a dream. I'll tell her we'll never end. In the morning, I'll get dressed, Mrs. Shawa. And if I ever see her again, I'll tell her I had an appointment. I had to go. I was running late. Sorry, I didn't mean kiss you, say goodbye. I'm sure you think the same. It happens with you and me. And we're going into nowhere. Salt kisses and goodbyes. My name is Bunsu. That was something amazing. Great Are job, Karen. No, it was powerful. I mean, that was that was that was awesome. That was really awesome. All right, do me a favor. Yeah. Tell everyone how they can find you, sweetie. Well, you know, thing about me lately is I'm trying to fucking devote myself to all this uh, fucking like social media shit. So. I mean, mm-hmm. just Google me, you'll find me. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I I think I've come to terms with the fact that I'm a poet. I know it, and um, I don't really give a fuck if you think so or not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh, I am on Facebook right now. Uh, I'm not on Instagram as much as people like me to be, but, you know. So I'm going to do this one other piece, okay, real quick. I was born to be a winner, sinner, looking for forgiveness. I was conceived to be in love with you. Detached. On a world dangerous for a minute. Born in the hour, swings his hand, I was meant to be with you. All of Hollywood could never tame me or tempt me. When I was young, I ran the strip until I realized there's more than California. I strapped rockets on my vans, took my this hike across the universe. I was always meant to be a 350 Chevy built to a chassis. I was born to speed, tune my engine to the breaking point of horsepower, balance and movement. If you can't keep up, I'll come back, rev up as an invitation to grab what you've got. Meet me outside, grab the dog, we'll hit the asphalt. Doing 150 miles per hour. If you want out, just open the door, jump. I was born to love you. Even more so, I was birthed to be a vagabond. 
Paul Vagabond. My name is Glenn Stone. Fantastic. It's always a pleasure, bro. It's always a pleasure having you here, Glenn. Tell everyone your Facebook page again. Uh, Glenn Still. Glenn C. Still, something like that. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) All right, hon. We will talk to you next week, sweetheart. Thank you. What makes you think I'm going back this week? Because you've been doing this for 13 years. Yeah, yeah, but not every week. But yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll give you it's that speak, It's it's I'll the power of the spoken week. word. It's it's speaking what I want. That's what it's doing. Yeah, and you're the tripper. <laughs> I can do that. All right. All right, Glenn. Thank I you, may sweetheart. I may drop in on you. I, I may drop in on you. I'm thinking about going to North last year in a couple months, and uh, I may just like knock on your door and go, "I showed up, girl." You know? <laughs> Let me know when. All right. All right, hon. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Bye. All right. So I want to remind area code 757 once again that you are not in the lineup. 757, if you want to come on and and chat for a bit, press 1, and that will put you on. Let me know that I want you to come on. Otherwise, just hang out and listen. Glad you're here. Um, I want to go ahead and bring on. We're having some line issues, so I've been juggling trying to talk to tech. Um, We're having some line issues, so we may end up playing a few tracks here in a minute. Um, See if we can get these lines back up. If you were kicked off the line and you're trying to get back in, remember the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If when you're calling in you're getting a fast, busy signal, just keep trying. It'll push you in eventually. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep going here and and wait for the lines to come back. Um, I do want to bring on area code 573. They are still with us. 573, are you there? I'm here. Good evening, Isla. Senator Spittle. Hey, sweetie. How you doing? Oh, you know, living in hell. It's a dream. <laughs> I am, I am. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I got a request. Uh, not that they're going to hear it, but I said, fuck it, we're going to read it anyway, so... Okay. Hey, are you going to introduce yourself to everybody? This is Sinister Spittle. Sinister Spittle's dead. He's a poet. Once was. <laughs> <laughs> but I got an old one, and if we have time, I got a, a new one, too. I don't write a lot of new stuff, but okay. uh, we'll start with the old one. Check, please. We're through. Bounce revered affection through my four chambers in an attempt to revitalize my dying embrace. So cold, the draft blowing in ghost's absence. Hollow and vast, these canyons without such spirit. Dry the eyes that water my flowers' pendants as the Savior's lost for the high-handed hours. In shadows of distraction passing, you were... You where your shame befuddled in the current of lost routines once prevailing... 
Cowl tongues wax trivial lopsided lullabies to earth new quietus. Such ankle-deep asphyxiation shouldn't be survived by any. Yet recidivist wagsters know well the meaning deep. Poorly lit under cracked low wattage, they gyrate. A monologue thought to make the cutest of pets. Such chicanery seems to grim bore into our backs. Once whispered, infinite, everything's toppled now in gray. Such tassianda, draconian urges, rancor and aftertaste, revealing gutly the pops loins of an ingrate. Panache or canavery and debuting an illusion to set eyes. Fucking ridiculous as I tend to your torpid excuse for life. Such a fatuous imposition has one like you waiting in lies. Luberous endeavors escape the incorporeal of glass eyes. Only ascertaining these passings be less rococo in the files, as errors come on by purcating the life sentence charm. Stench so draconian in your rapid sour stint of broken smells wouldn't register progression or a shower if you drowned in it. Fuck, try to engrave the catastrophe of delusion into the bright. Bring on a catastrophe to venom the seized bellman fly, trapped in blacklisted balderdash opportunity easing rights. The bell tower echoing insidious epitaphs of your night's high. Attempting to sever this truculent fall of vaporizing the sky, poised panache inside your treason, the offering of dreams for anything benign. Anything benign. Not somber on an occurrence that everlasting quiet as you parade, truly void of substance, corporeal as blither you stockpile on such a slothful plate. And peace. That was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Missed, missed, missed you reading. You said you had another piece? Uh, yeah, I do. It's a, it's a more current one. And it's not overly current. I, I don't write a lot, but uh, this is from June. It's called Obscene Declarations. Because fucks pick the most stagnant holes, growing insanely spasmatic, gray and cynical, walking sideways and swirling lies, always searching. Ground bows and rose rolls like jello, presence gone. She's like a yeast infection that won't vanish. Disgusting aroma. Trees dramatically grow into snakes all about me, devouring poisonous fantasies, rapidly ascending my legs. Explicitly, with vigorous sensation, I scream silently. Thought the grand strategist yet lacking a plan. Redundant questions. Forecasting lifeless dreams, I find false sanctuary. Backward seasons blur amidst such ludicrous worlds. She urinates us into bizarre new discoveries, brazen. Pungent and translucent dimensions secrete wicked illustrations, atrophy tears. Rhythmically, with passion, organs boom chaos on me, peacefully lying on soft ground near tabletops marching. Amazing how minds grab spines, crushing skulls lively. Bulging blue eyes ejaculating us into numb violence, Parallels dividing. Surrealistic visions suck you in with punctuality. Hush now as I weave your deepest desires blindly. Ivy draping the windows brightly adorns dead scenery. It opens the staircase to your institutionalized soul so crazy. Castle dyslexia. Tirelessly walking in puddles of mud, I saw mixed messages. 
Crowned idiot king, I ride stallions and anorexic girls. Found oneself lost in rainforests of awkwardly placed pleasures. With or without you, these masses are found flatulent. Serenades to awaken. Colliding simulcasts swirl in routines of lustrous epigies. Questionable such persuasions, you must earnestly agree. Cries like crystal water, I tongue bitter and sweet. Misery embraces pain with suppleness, your juices I mouth. Rapidly extreme. Burning now, fields of blood house notorious disdain. Oval circumferences transferring massive pity lit up on display. Soon, we'll find ourselves flailing naked under solar eclipse skies, salvating locusts break years and utopia of shame. Curtain calls, don't negotiate foul seas, twisting aimless, torn sails this vessel came to be. Declarations ensnaring your cortex into obscenities, no longer speculating on who I am or what's left of me. End peace. Wow. Wow. That was powerful, love. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Absolutely incredible. All right. Do me a favor. You have to tell people how to find you. Uh, if you wish, send us a spittle. Google it, Facebook it. I'm there, drifting, aimless and dead. <laughs> All right, sweetie. And if you get a chance, it's been a while since we've heard from you. If you get a chance, call back in next week, okay? Will do. Next All right, sweetie. (laughs) You're welcome, hon. Thank you. Awesomeness. All right. So I am going to uh, check with – let's see. Let's get this one down. 832, you are not in the lineup, 832 and 757. So 757 or 832. If you guys want to come on the air, please press 1, and we will be able to get you on. Otherwise, if you're here just listening, that's awesome. If you change your mind at any time, you can press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. All right, let's go ahead and bring on area code 851. 851, you're on the air. 851, are you with me? Are you muted? All right, so 851. 851, are you here? 851, I am going to come back and get you after our next caller and uh, see if we can figure out why I can't hear you. I don't know if you can hear me or not, but figure out why we can't hear you and try to get you on. Um, If you can hear me and you're not muted on your phone, then hang up and dial right back in, and I've got you written down. I'll grab you as soon as you get back on. All right, because I do see that you've pressed one. I do see that you want to come on. I just can't hear you. All right, so get that marked. And let's go ahead and bring on area code uh, 608, and then we'll go back to 851. Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods. Hey, Fuzzy Herman in the woods. How you doing, sweetheart? Oh, I suppose well as well as can be expected. It is good to hear from you. If I like, feels like I have not talked to you in forever. Yeah. (laughs) So, what do you have for us, sweetie? 
I couldn't write anything, so I want to read this because it fits, and then I'll tell you why. <clears throat> it's entitled, A Candle of Life. At the moment of conception, a match is struck, which lights a candle of life conceived in love. The mystery of life begins, and no one knows or can predict the future of this candle of life. That now, not how bright it will burn, nor how long it will burn. For we are mere mortals. We are not gods. This is part of what life is meant to be. To be unpredictable. To be an adventure. Full of wonders which evoke a full range of emotion. Joy, sadness, happiness, pain, ecstasy, grief and gratitude. When a candle of life unexpectedly goes out, we become partially lost, plunged into the depths of loss, grief, confusion, anger, and despair. This is when the struggle begins for each of us to find meaning. To find meaning in the time the candle's life burned. To find meaning in how bright the candle's life had burned. To find meaning in how the candle's life touched us. And to find meaning in why the candle's life left us so unexpectedly. I ask you to take comfort in the knowledge that this candle's life has not gone out. It has been transformed. Transformed into an eternal light in the night sky, which now dances within the solar winds. And this light guides us on those dark days and nights. And even on those days the sun shines with blinding light. We are all souls inhabiting a body. For our however long God, creator, or whatever you believe is your, your high, higher, higher power is, determines your soul needs to be here. We all have a purpose which touches many lives for our, however long we travel this earthly plane. And when we have fulfilled our purpose, God, the creator, our higher power calls us home. As painful as this departure is, acceptance is the key to understanding. This acceptance can take time, and it's supposed to. As we question everything we have learned thus far, faith in the hereafter is yeah. of great importance for many. For this faith carries us when we feel we cannot walk 
when we feel we cannot get out of bed, when we feel all we can do is sob. The tears flow like a river, washing away all negativity, cleansing our body and our soul. And what remains is understanding, acceptance, and gratitude for being graced by the touch of this candle of life. And over time, true acceptance begins to bring peace and true joy into the depths of our soul. Of our soul. And poem. And poem. Incredibly strong words from Sapien. Thank you. Thank you. Very heartfelt, and I understand. I mean, I know why this was written, but I know you want to tell them. Well, I actually wrote it for a good friend, Lori, who unexpectedly lost her son at the age of 21 three years ago. Um. I lost a best friend of mine of 40 years yesterday, or I found out about it yesterday. He actually died on the 13th. Another one of my friends who I'd known since high school who dabbled in chemicals and alcohol and found their way into sobriety and... You remember my friend Pete, the one who died, he OD'd back in January of 17? Mm-hmm. Pete introduced me Pete to Fred. Uh, Fred and Pete's older brother, Rob, were really good friends, and I became friends with Fred. And... and I talked to Pete. I'm pretty sure the uh, the night that he relapsed and OD'd and uh, had uh, cardiac arrest and ended up brain dead. But I didn't find out until the following Friday, or actually Saturday, that he had died. That he had died. I did a little looking around last night and I found out. Well. Pete had been in and out Pete of the program. He drank, smoked weed, weed, uh, had gotten into other stuff. He actually had shot heroin for a while. And, and the toxicology report came back, and he had alcohol, meth, hot, and barbiturates in his system. And a friend of mine's absolutely convinced he committed suicide. And I never saw it coming, which is pretty unusual for me to not sense something. I talked with Fred after Pete had died, and I was pretty put off by the fact that Fred was really callous, which was completely uncharacteristic of him. And I think it was shortly after that that I kind of lost track. And then uh, I found 
a post on my post on my uh, my friend Pete's my older friend brother's page, Facebook page, Rob, with Fred's obituary yesterday. And as I mentioned a minute ago, and I went off on a tangent, I did a little digging around. And fortunately, there are some people that don't hide things. And Fred's younger sister is one of them. Fred had started drinking again in July of last year. And I had no idea. And he actually OD'd on heroin on July 12th. But he was got they got him into the hospital. He got out. He got out. Or maybe it was the 11th. He got out on the 12th, and according to what his sister said, that uh, the toxicology report came, well, that's not back yet, but uh, more than likely Fred died in a really similar way that Pete because he's probably drinking, or if he wasn't drinking, he OD'd on heroin. I said to myself a couple of, said to myself a couple of hours ago when I was outside, looking to the southwest towards where Fred used to live and where I used to live, and. I said the world just got a little lonelier. Yeah. I think it was a great thing to read for him, hon. Yeah, thanks. I just You're welcome. I'm trying to get not get mad cuz I got mad at Pete after a while and uh I never did heroin, so I just don't understand that mindset at all. And so I'm I've been blessed, extremely blessed that that I've been sober over thirty three years, and something that I had said, something that popped into my head within the first couple of years that I was sober, first two one, two, three years, is that, and it comes out of the book they use for AA um, and I won't quote anything. What I had said was is that for someone to get clean and stay clean or get sober and stay sober you need to face your innermost fears on an emotional level and you really got to dig deep Otherwise, they're going to keep you imprisoned until the time that you can deal with them. And fortunately, I was able to deal with whatever demons that I was trying to run away from uh, through drinking. And, uh, you know, I still have other demons to deal with. You know, how much the anxiety and depression I have now is 
is mostly caused by the tinnitus. I don't know, because I've never met a doctor who could explain it to me. Um, because I didn't have any problems with, really with the anxiety or depression before the tinnitus from the M60 machine gun 28 years ago. Actually be 28 years ago on the 27th of this month. Wow. Day after tomorrow. Kind of lost track of a bunch of days this month because of the heat. Um, but any anyone that's out there listening, I just encourage you to to do your best to to face those fears one at a time. And uh, if you if you're fortunate enough to find someone you feel safe with to share them with. Maybe they'll be able to help you dig a little deeper. Uh, I mean, I know that was the case for me with some. It, it's it's kind of I forgot who who uh, the quote is attributed to, but uh, I truly believe that. I don't want to say it, God, because it's really. I just remembered the rest of it. You can back the up. phrase is, yeah, well, the phrase that I, well, I was thinking about was the unexamined life is not worth living. Um, I want to see if I can come up with something that's a little better ending. Uh, like the unexamined life is black and white. And if you're interested in bringing some color into your life, set forth on an adventure and go and examine your life. And with what happened to me 28 years ago, I was forced to disassemble the remainder of my life and then start rebuilding it. And in some ways, I'm still building it. Because it's it's never complete. And the reason why I stopped and didn't finish that phrase at first was because I can't imagine what kind of pain my friend Pete or my friend Fred were in that they ended up doing what they did. And I've had a couple other friends that I've lost that way as well. Um, Actually, three that I can think of. And... Something I read recently that I think is really important is that suicide is a a finite solution to a temporary problem. And one of the things that I had learned in recovery, they talk about one day at a time. And for me, I had to break it down into one hour or one in, one minute or one second at a time. And things can get better if you hold on, if you find someone you can trust to share what's going on. 
is another phrase I had learned is a problem shared is a problem cut in half. I was just thinking about my mail carrier dropped off some mail that I had never picked up at the post office from when I was out of town. And he usually only talks to me for a couple minutes on the phone. And we ended up talking on the phone for an hour. And he told me that on Monday, he just found out that he was diagnosed with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much he knows about it. I don't know that much about it because I don't know anyone who has it. But he's 51. And I was just grateful that he trusted me with that. It's one of those situations where you feel like you're in a really shitty position and in... The world is raining crap down on you. And then someone tells you something like that, and it changes your perspective on your own life. So, and I had actually called him yesterday afternoon only about an hour or two after I found out about Fred dying and because he had called and left a message. And so I, I had been meaning to call him and I started talking to him and my voice was kind of cracking. And I, and I just said, I may start crying. And I did. And he asked me what was going on. And I told him and he said, just face it. He happens to be sober well over 20 years as well. Um, I found that that out one day when I mentioned uh, my situation years ago when I was out one day when he was delivering the mail. So yesterday was a good day that I found out that somebody else does something similar to what I do, that I do my best to to face my fears head on. You know, I stumble sometimes. Um, sometimes I stumble a lot. And sometimes I get paralyzed uh, by anxiety or and or depression, but I refuse to quit. I don't know what God's plan is for me, but I plan on staying around as long as I can. And something else I had told some of my friends the first few years I was sober, I said, I plan on growing old enough to be that cantankerous old man be a pain in somebody's ass. I want to be the little old lady that throws water balloons at the paper boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, James, do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. I got to mention something. You just made me remember something that uh, there was uh, my cousin, he had moved to Oakland I still have, after his I still mom have died. five people to bring on the air, honey. One, real quick. There was he, he he lived with his dad and his stepmom in Oakland and, and two doors up the hill was an old lady. And uh 
she told me that uh, her name was Damn Ye. And I said, like, what do you mean? He says, well, every time she'd come outside, she'd always say, damn ye, damn ye, damn ye. <laughs> That's funny. All right, tell uh, everyone how to find you. Uh, you can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. Put it in the Facebook search box, and you can find me there. Or you can, No. Or, yeah, and if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, you can find them in a book entitled Held, uh, uh, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon. It's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S. that has some cool art in it, too. Very cool. All right, you guys, make sure you check that out, and we will talk to you next weekend. I'll be around. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, honey. Okay, thanks, Nyla. Bye, sweetie. All right, our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Uh, I'm just back on the air because I would want to big up everybody and say, it was so good to hear Genesis Ditto and Charles Hampton. And um, just, it was just a wonderful show. I'm just going to save it and archive it. And so, Nyla, you don't get to do much on your show, so if you want to give us a piece, I'll host for you. <laughs> oh, I love you, Mama. That's sweet. Um, but I'll wait. <laughs> wait till when? You don't want to be on the first show, I have to do one on the first show. I I read one earlier when we started the show. I actually read one of mine because it I, I, pertained to a track yeah, I played. What was that yours? The one that I read was mine. Oh, but it's from from the track from the lady. Okay, I got you. Okay, but well, I did hear that. Okay, well, all is well that ends well. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> All right, Mama, we'll talk to you next week, honey. Okay, bye-bye. I love her so much. All right, our next caller comes from area code 85, excuse me, 585. 585, you're on the air. Hi, this is Doug Curry. How are you? Hey, Doug, I'm doing awesome. How are you, sweetheart? Okay. Um, can, can you grab the next person and come back to me? I'm sorry to wait the I can most definitely do that, and I will be yeah. happy to do that, and we will come right back. Okay. Thanks, then. All right, let's go ahead and grab 832. 832, you're on the air. Hi, Naila. Hey, sweetheart. Hello? It's good to hear from you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to reach this number, but then, you know, uh, more often than not, I forget it, and then... For some reason or the other, I keep watching some show or the other. And I forget that it is a Thursday. Well, I'm... So I do have... Yeah. I'm glad to hear from you. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and uh, awfully, the prompts that you have been giving us, they're excellent. I don't know how good or bad or was. My effort has been, but I was able to produce some lines. 
So I thought I will share them with you and then take the feedback. So um, one of the prompts was about um, today's prompts was about the empty room or something. If you remember the um, to occupy the empty rooms, that was one of the prompts, and I kind of worked around it. Mm-hmm. My thoughts, you ask me, are worthy, are worth any penny? All these write-ups of authors galore, are they worth a spitting cent? Are they my thoughts? I ask you that you read in those words that create concepts to occupy the empty rooms with paintings and pictures of actors or artifacts that can live a millennia, giving scope to forgotten thoughts that give rise to science or fiction or action, lead nations or universes or galaxies. Would you even know the depth of that room? Can you fathom its extent? What you did not see today, would that mean it is non-existent, irrelevant? My dear friend of this life, the universe has come a long way from that stage. Or do you even care? And poem. I absolutely loved that. Thank you, Naila. I had the one. I had the wrong one pulled up. I had the one pulled up that um, starts out with "Gone Are the Winds," by Gone Memories. Yes. Mhm. I have that yeah. too. This is uh, <laughs> last week. <laughs> "Gone Are the Winds" by Gone Memories of love, romance, and forgiveness, of raising hope from despair, of care, share, and prostrate before elders, values, and God. Like the millennium arrived to clear all and erase history, left with no one as the birds flew away to find glory or a brighter day or just drop dead. In the winds with fury, all the flurry lost as everything which was, as everything which was now remains to bury, passed into presence, history into reality, giving way to hold and uphold future. This day will pass, so would we too. You know, that is, I read that to the prompt um, that I posted, the picture I posted, and I was going, scrolling down, I was reading those before the show, after I had all my all my chores done. <laughs> and I was just wowed by that. I thought you did a fantastic job on it. I'm really glad you read it tonight. Thank you so very much, Naila. And I have one last thing that you gave a prompt, and uh, if you have time, I can read it. Or I can come okay. back to it. Next time. No, please go ahead. Okay, it is a very short one, too. Um, it's about uh, some, you know, something to do with baggage or uh, all-star or something. So I had a few lines to share. Got to go through all this rut. Wake up early, morning in three, wading through the dirt or lurch, weighing the weight of USA on our shoulders as we march. Keep it going, Uncle Sam. Right or left, you better not care. On our shoulders, it's not the guns. Weighing the nation and its sons. 
for you we are always best assured you are as tall as Everest and absolutely beautiful absolutely beautiful sweetheart this reminds me of college station I used to wake up at 2 o'clock and see them I guess march past and then you know right from 2 o'clock or 1.30 I don't know when when what time they'll be awake and they keep marching past and the rhythm and the, the place it comes up as they march I don't know the words right now but the tune of it is stuck in my heart even after so many years, maybe 26 years. So I keep using it whenever it comes up and some words I keep adding to them. And it becomes what it is. Well, I think you did a great um, job. I'm glad you were here. And your writing affects me so profoundly. You know that. I don't know I don't know about it, Nina. It does. It always has. You know that. I know you don't understand why, but it just has. That's just the truth of it. So I'm a huge fan of yours. If I don't, I'm not. I will. <laughs> okay. All right. And would do me a favor, honey, and tell people how they can come find you. Well, um, I have a couple of web pages that I try to develop and not very keen on it though. Um, most of the times I come here, pop up and throw some poem now and then and I have to upload it to my um, I'm, I'm so bad at remembering where and what they are. So um, I have a book, one or two books. One of them is the Sunset Sail on a Moonlit, Na- Moonlit Night by um, uh, of course, written by me, but edited by Mr. Brian Rickson from uh, uh, Publishers, not Publishers, Blurb Publishers, and another one on Amazon.com. It is by Create Space. Uh, it's called A Few Poems from My Heart, and more or less, most of my poems are there in it. Some of them may be overlapping in both the books. Um, just give me a call. It's not anything. I can read a poem to you anytime you want. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much and great job tonight. Thank you, Naila. And uh, <laughs> you you keep inspiring us, and I'm so much obliged to that. Oh, I love you, sweetie. Thank you. We'll Thank talk you, to you Nyla. soon, okay? All right. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, hon. All right, let's go ahead and grab 757. 757, you're on the air. Hello, Nala. It's Hey, Tamika. Oh, my goodness, girl. I've missed you. Oh, thank you. I've missed the show as well. How are you? I think that you don't call in as often anymore just because you like hearing me get all excited when you do. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> not quite it. No. It's like, how long can mm-hmm. I make her wait this? Oh, she sounds really happy this time. <laughs> no, that's not it. But I appreciate it, though. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I have one poem I would like to share tonight um, called Round Sunrise. 
lost moments, years gone by, at a cheetah's pace. A wanderer of the heart and soul. The mileage piled up as gathered leaves. Each leaf an experience of either certainty or confusion. Twists and turns. Sounds a lot like jazz And it be With a blues expression When the body Is awaiting Is awakened To the To the soul's Purpose Of itself as A spirit The mind is plunged into remembrance. The certainties and the confusions tumbling down the cheeks. The thunderous sounds of drums and assumptions of trumpets and fears. As the scroll unfolds. What message should this be in silence, sitting with it with empty hands, full heart intact, soul awaiting new spring, fresh leaves, bright skies. A pleasant stream of light all around sunrise in peace. Absolutely beautiful. I have missed you so much. I am so glad you called in tonight to read. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) I did, too. Thank you. All right, sweetheart. Do me a favor, and then you tell everyone how they can find you. Um poetrysoup.com forward slash me forward slash T-A-M-E-K-O one three and I have poetry on timbook2.com forward slash Tamiko forward slash Tamiko dot H-T-M Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nyla. You're very welcome, honey. Thank you for being here. Love you, sweetheart. Bye bye. Bye bye. I have missed that girl. All right, our next caller. We're going to go ahead and bring Mr. Doug Curry back on. Are you with me, Doug? Yes, I am. Welcome back. Be here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Somehow I managed not to be tied up with the usual Thursday night stuff that gets in the way. Um, So I'm glad to be here. So uh, I call upon. as a reference, your your own or our, our own experience with nursery rhyme. Um, somehow, I, I like writing off of nursery rhymes, 
and you can throw everything in. You can throw every kind of childhood poetry into a poem like this as you can. You can throw, you know, Rocky and his friends in it. You can throw the, the, the cartoons that you saw. But this is pretty straightforward. There's two nursery rhymes you might be familiar with, and they're going to get together in this poem. It's Old Mother Hubbard meets the princess. Recall that there was a princess in the tea, and the princess was to be so delicate that the slightest ripple on her mattress wouldn't keep her from being able to sleep. And uh, Old Mother Hubbard meets the princess. Old Mother Hubbard would share from her cupboard such things that she could afford. Gave each dog a bone, so those were all gone. Not one thing did she hoard. Went to the castle, and this she said, Princess, dear princess, beneath your bed, there's a pea we need for a meal. Give, a, give your one pea too many to those who haven't any, or how much better you'll feel. My cupboard is bare, and I really don't dare ask the big bad wolf to share. Sorry, i got to get this to scroll. Oh, sorry. You're okay. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. My cupboard is there, and I really don't dare. Asked the big bad wolf to share. Both porkers three has hid in the tree since he rose. Oh, those porkers three have hidden the tree since he rose up from his lair. She begged and she pleaded for what the folk needed, and it almost went for naught. The princess wasn't buying. She was outright defying. Let's love thy neighbor, thought. But long came little Jackie Horner from his favorite corner and offered to share his pie. And little Miss Muffet arose from her supper saying, give these curds a try. There was a dinner party in the square. Everyone brought something to share. And the other creatures of, with the other creatures of fairy tale land. While the princess cried on her bed, rubbed her back, shook her head, and stared at a pebble in her hand. Not a pea, not a princess. And poems. Sorry, I screwed up the read. <laughs> you didn't at all. <laughs> we we just sat there and waited because we wanted to. Um, it was a great read. It was a great read. And you know, everyone gets all they always worried. Oh my gosh, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to trip over something, or you lose your place, or your page doesn't scroll, or whatever it is. We all, you know, we live in fear of that. But, you know, the truth is, we're just hanging out and sharing with each other, and you know, just. I mean, you you were awesome. It didn't take it away for anything. So thank you. I want to point out that in the second stanza, it's, it says, "Gave each dog bone, so old girls on. Not one thing did she hoard." Now this is how you find overlays or stuff. I know you don't have a lot of time, but there was a cartoon that featured all the little nursery rhymes and fairy tales, and they got to the one about Old Mother Hubbard. And old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her poor doggy a bone. 
And when she got there, the cupboard was bare, and then she was, like, not showing the dog that the cupboard was bare, and the dog rips open the cupboard and screams, she's a food hoarder, she's a food hoarder. So this cartoon was produced either around wartime when people had rations and stuff like that. So, you know, such a thing as a food hoarder was was common was was common in the dialect. Okay, there was you know you weren't supposed to hoard food. You're supposed to be rationed. Everybody was supposed to be rationed enough to get by. You were not supposed to have cupboards of stuff while the rest of the people were just getting by on a minimalist kind of diet. So, uh, in this cartoon, which dated from the 1940s, when she opened the when she opened the the cupboard and wouldn't show the dog, he yanked it open and there was all this food that he yelled out, "She's a fool." So that kind of silliness or reference goes into, you know, dredging up these these uh, nursery rhymes and you might as well throw a cartoon in it. It's just a lot of fun for me. Well, that's my little piece. Fantastic job, sweetheart. <laughs> this weekend I'm going to be in a, a sketch kind of a bit. A grim's fairy tale that uh, it's just going to be silly this or top of silly this. And after you, you know, after you act in a couple of things where everybody's trying to be so heavy and get this message across and, you know, be so serious, this is just going to be the biggest silliness I've had to do in a long time. I'm looking forward to it. So this part kind of falls <laughs> in time. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I'm Doug Curry, and I can be found as Doug Curry on Facebook. I be found under the name of my radio program, Blacks and Blues. Blacks and Blues airs Friday night from 9 to midnight Eastern Time at WRUR.org. Saturday night at 10 o'clock Central Time for one hour, and that's at WBCB.org. It can be found on Facebook under either my name or Blacks and Blues, and, of course, on allpoetry.com and every chance that I get to be here on a Thursday night. Absolutely awesome. Appreciate you, Doug. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetie. I'll I'll catch you next time. All right, honey. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. Our last caller for the evening comes from 832. 832, you're on the air. Nala. Hey, sweetie. Going on. Not a whole lot, just hanging out. I haven't called in a long time, little boo boo. (laughs) Little boo boo. (laughs) Boo boo. boo. Still a picnic basket? Yeah, I got a picnic basket for you with some cookies in it, baby. Oh, too funny. All right. No, I know you got to go, so let me get my poem out, and uh, you're free until next week, baby. Get the next picnic back. Oh, yes, let me go. Um, uh, a beach exists somewhere on this earth. Serene palm trees, sand, and surf. Along with his tides, content with time, 
waiting for nothing just to be. Along come the crowds, pounding and loud, connecting to the water, the sand, and the sea. Blankets and towels and kids play fully. Sand castles and moats and little toy boats, food wrappers, glass containers and beer remainders and all other human possibilities. When the crowds die down, couples find secluded spaces. And as the sun goes down, moans covered by surf sounds drift away. And time remains constant in all this until last, at last, the beach is free. Good possibilities die down to just a crawl, and the tide watches, washes the faces beach peacefully. The beach drifts to sleep and just is as it was, nearly eternal. But what does it dream? Thanks for listening, Nyla. Have a good Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Peace. Read the last line in that piece for me again. Huh? Oh, last line. What does it dream? Beaches dream. Like the last two lines. Trees. Uh, last two lines. Eternal. Wanna go like this? The beach drifts to sleep, just is, as was, nearly eternal. And what does it dream? I beaches love that. Dream, beaches. Yep. Beaches dream. I just read recently scientists found out that uh trees have heartbeats and sleep and wake. So they dream too. Everything dreams. Everything. Mhm. Yes. Awesome, sweetie. You have, a, you have a good one. You too. We'll talk to you next week, love. Thank you. Yes. You take care. Did you tell everyone how to find you? I find me at Nyla knows what to do. <laughs> Nyla is the best. Let's see. Nyla, uh, uh, bless Nyla in all that she does. That's where you find me. But it's her. So, but it's her that does the things continuous. It's Nyla. You should be looking for. Yes. I yes, love you, yes. sweetie. Thank you so much. All right, you take care. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, hon. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. All right, everyone. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's been a phenomenal night. I am going to close the show tonight. Oops, I lost it. <laughs> going to close the show tonight with a piece by. 
Where did it go? Dun, 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 this is my hold music. Da, 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 da. Let's do a piece by the Hydropods. This is called Welcome. And now let's do Gay Lawnmower because that one, I like that one. That one's really fun. Or the Sex of Sex Chatter. I've got a, quite a few of theirs on here. Um, let's see. One, two, three. Let's do the Gay Lawnmower because that one is awesome. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Have a great night. Good night, everybody. Champagne for everyone. I'm engaged, Montague hollered, entering the rusty pucker, pushing a Toro super recliner lawnmower. Blossom popped a fat cork and began overfilling flutes. What the hell are you talking about, she drawled gushingly. That Iowa congressman said if gay marriage was legal, people would marry lawnmowers. I agree, so I'm marrying this Toro tonight. Trusting the bottle into an ice-filled spittoon, Blossom pointed a dripping finger at Montague's flagrant schnozzola. You're so ignorant, I don't know where to start, she insisted. First, you can't marry a borrowed lawnmower, Blossom demanded. Second, she's mine, and we're lesbians. 